Can heartbreak be good for you? Is there any redeeming qualities to going through breakups or going through heartbreak? And should we be reframing how we think about relationships to begin with? Relationships are terrible. I know, I know. <laughs> I know they suck. They're great, they're terrible, and they're they're sucky, and they're fantastic, and they're just... Ugh. My name is Jared Herzog, and welcome to Someone You Should Know. My fellow humans, how de do? How de do? They only say that here in Texas. Ah, I bet that's not true. I bet they say it in like Montana too. But isn't it so endearing? How de do? You know, can you be, ever be mad at a guy who says how de do to you? Maybe you can. I don't know. This is a weird tangent. I apologize, guys. We're talking about something. Uh, at least the majority of us, probably the majority of listeners, have gone through, and that's breakups. They are not fun, but they, I hypothesize, and I can uh, testify that breakups can actually be pretty good for you. But I want to know what somebody with a PhD in familial relationships would say about that. So I got an an extremely intelligent, amazing guest. Her name is Julie Leventhal. She teaches at the University of North Texas. She teaches all of these classes. She was such an awesome guest. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Really appreciate that. Our numbers keep growing and growing, and it's amazing to watch it grow. And that means that you guys are telling people about it. So I just want to say I appreciate it. Please rate, review, and subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, check us out on Spotify. We are working on getting on Stitcher soon, so that'll be dope. Anyway, guys, without further ado, please welcome my next guest, Julie Leventhal, a professor with a PhD in human relationships. sounds like you do a lot of really interesting work. I do. So do you like your job? I do very much like my job. Sounds and it always like changes because like, hello, we're talking about relationships and everybody's relationships are going to look different. So you never quite know what you're going to get. So I'm in a relationship like series. So I have the first one I did was um, we talked about loneliness. Okay. So I, I did a, a two yesterday um, with a life coach. And then I have you today and we're talking about breakups. And then my last one is on Friday and he is uh, poly polyamorous. Ooh, right. So this so is good. like my little series. So it's, it's kind of cool. I'm convinced that that's the next major thing that's going to happen you think in society. So? Yes. I'm like banking on it because we legalize same sex marriage. So I'm yep. like, okay, we're there. We yep. got that. But like what's left? Polyamory. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a hot take. Five, ten years from now, just watch. We're going to be like talking about legalizing. Oh, you're so right. Oh, you're so wait. right about that. <laughs> I just want to see like societal backlash and like what everyone's going to say because I'm like, hmm, what's going to happen with that? Oh, man. I mm-hmm. can't even imagine. This. Like, right? I can barely keep one girl happy. Like, are you serious? Yep. Like, how is that going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> so last year, I went through a breakup and it was terrible. I did not enjoy the breakup. As many of them usually are. And then the breakup before that was also bad because it was a breakup and breakups suck. Mm-hmm. Fair point. But, <laughs> but, but I think even, um, even during the relationship, I definitely grew as you do, as mm-hmm. you do. But certainly after this last year, I grew up a ton. Um, and so, or I mean, I just mean like post that breakup. Mm-hmm. So and I've always had that question in my mind. I'm like, okay, are all breakups good and bad? In other words, do all of them teach you something? 
Um, or is it just like certain types of relationships where those breakups would teach you something? In other words, like if it was a really bad relationship and the breakup taught you something or, you know what I mean? So my question is, can breakups be good for you? Okay. So first off, we have to think about the assumption that we're making. Okay. And the underlying assumption there is that starting a relationship is a good thing and ending a relationship is a bad thing. Right. Ooh, right? Mind blown right. just on that simple yes. fact right okay, there. Because we're like, we're like okay. hold on a sec. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we're going to go around and be like, yes, I broke up with like 10 people this month. I am totally on a roll. Like we're not aiming no, for that suck. per se. No, <laughs> but it still is this idea that like starting a relationship may not always be great. And also, but it feels re- good. It does sometimes. But when all the time. Re- when does starting a relationship suck? I don't know. What if it's a really crappy relationship and you're just right like, well, this uh, person maybe. is here and I just kind of like maybe something that they're offering, but I don't really totally love this person or hmm. even like this person oh, yeah. or like anything about it, but yeah. I'm getting something out of it. Is that happened to you? Mm. Uh, the answer How's is it yes. happened to me. <laughs> think so i'm i'm a long-term commitment kind of person so if i start a relationship with someone i'm like hey i'm gonna marry you one day were you always like that though or did you learn that i think i've always been like that would you have the other side of short-term unfulfilled and you're like all right i kind of want something real now because that that would be true of me yeah like i'm trying to think i think i had i had long-term first and Uh then and that was i was married and then when i got divorced it was like a okay, maybe I'll dabble in the short term, but it just feels so weird and so foreign. So I like more the long term. So you're a long term person. Yeah. What about it is appealing? Do you like the security or is it just... Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm such an anxious person in relationships. So like I for years have always been like, are you going to leave me? Are you going to abandon me? And I have this like increased anxiety that like my partner's going to just jump ship one day. And so for me having a long-term relationship, I'm like, okay, you're at least going to be here. I think until my anxiety irrationally sparks again. And then I remind myself, nope, it's cool. Yeah, we're good. So I like you ever like felt, I realize we're getting really vulnerable really fast. But, <laughs> oh my goodness. This is like every day here. in my classes. I'm like, hello, oh, they transparency. You okay. They don't necessarily ask me, but I'm like, yeah, let me tell you this random story about my life. And let me tell you this because yeah. it relates and like, it, sure. it's, we all live this. So, oh yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Vulnerability is awesome. I watched a whole documentary, Netflix documentary about it. It was like a TED talk. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's all about vulnerability. Anyway, man, what I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you something good. Um, oh, so do you think that you have maybe used somebody in the past in order to quell that anxiety? I don't, I wouldn't say that I've used them. I don't mean flat well, no, out. No, I know, no, no, I'm thinking I'm like, did I use them? Um, mm-hmm. Even partly? I, or a little bit? Ooh, I don't know how to answer that. Okay, we'll, we'll, put, a, we'll put a pin in that. We can come back to it. I, hmm. I mean, I guess technically... But then I would almost assume that everyone in every relationship. No, 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 is no. That's not what I mean. Yeah, every everyone in every relationship wants to be in a relationship. So they no, no, no. That they that they would be like you like using. I say that in quotes, but like is fulfilling some sort of need. That's how I view it more. That I'm in no, the I relationship. No, I mean like you're to, avoiding anxiety. I don't ever avoid it though. Okay. Like it still is there because anxiety is stupid <laughs> and yeah, just always is. present. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm the same. Hmm. Thing. I think everybody does. I think it's kind of a generational thing right now anyways we are so digressing okay so anyway (laughs) it's so easy to with this stuff it's like awesome to talk about yeah it is um and i really appreciate you coming on because this is really fun um so relationships are can relationships be good for you of course but could (laughs) the breakups can breakups be good for you because when you're going through it it feels like hell it sucks it feels Mm -hmm. like hell it feels like 
Dude, I had so much ever. to do. Like we, uh, any movie I wanted to see, that was the one thing. I first thing I always notice is like I miss so many movies because I refuse <laughs> to go to a movie by myself. Like just go by yourself. I'm like I can't. I maybe I'm not secure enough. But honestly, like I there's. I have this list of movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> I was just thinking of that when I was at a concert the other night. My boyfriend like went out to go to the bathroom and yeah. I was just standing there and I'm like, is this what it would be like if yes. I came by myself? Like, oh, I, I guess people do that. But huh, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> what do I do with that? Yeah. Seriously, what do you do? That's actually my question. What do you do with that? Find support systems. So, so a breakup could be good. How? It, it depends on kind of how what your emotional expense was going into the relationship. So Let's how say heavy it like, yeah. So like how invested you are in it okay. and it can be good because it can be transformative. And so that's kind of a weird, we talk about it, especially with, and this is not the same as talking about it with trauma, but in, in, when we talk about trauma, we talk about post-traumatic growth mm-hmm. that you grow through some sort of traumatic experience or you grow through something that was terrible that happened to you. And so we can kind of tie in the same sort of idea there that, okay, it's not super great when it, happens but we can learn things from it and a lot of times in hindsight we look back and we're like okay yeah that did kind of suck there or okay maybe this person wasn't so great for me or maybe I really still want that relationship but I know that my partner doesn't or that we're in different places and so it's just not going to work and so we're possibly still able to grow in some sort of way from that Hmm. yeah it's such an individualized experience because some people like I know I've had breakups where I'm like four days in after the breakup I'm like okay I'm done with it I am done wasting time grieving this lost relationship. Four so days. T- I mean, it. I have no... I'd love to have your brain for right. a little bit. Four days. <laughs> well, that's if I'm like really tired. If I'm like, hey, we dated for a while and the breakup was just stupid it's been, it's and unwanted. Yeah, for a long yeah, time. Like you yeah. kind of get a vibe or you're just like, yeah. oh, I'm so angry and frustrated. I like to keep my brain busy. And so I'm like, okay, <laughs> new date. <laughs> or yeah. who can I start talking to to kind of fill that void? So, so have you ever just meddled in singleness ever? Or are you just like, so I've had a couple of times where like I was over it. So Uh I was doing online dating for a while and I would like date one person and then that kind of broke up or didn't happen or it never went anywhere. And then maybe I would start talking to another person and then we'd date, go on a few dates and then it just, nothing would happen. And I'd be like, I'm done. I'm just done. Or a major relationship that I get would be done. And I would just be like, I'm taking a break from it. And so I take a break for I don't know, a month or two. <laughs> that's not a long time at all. No, Cause my, my brain, I know, I know my brain is always going in like 26 different directions. So I'm just like, okay, uh, let's just move on and, and date again or do this or do that. So I would take a couple of like short term breaks like that, mm. I guess, but I've never, I, so you were happiest in a relationship. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's part of the introversion with me too, is I, even though I don't necessarily always love to be around people, I love to be around someone that I can go do things with or just right. have a presence with. Right. And so that's a big part of it. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my breakup was the last one I went through. I decided that I was like, I'm done serial dating. Cause I was doing that. I had just gotten through a series as I call it. Ooh, yep. That's rough. And so, but the last one I really liked and I, it ended again and it was for the same it was still ultimately for the same reasons Ugh. that the last few mm-hmm. it's my mis- some of it was my mistakes for sure but yeah um so I said I'm taking a break I need to like reassess and so that's kind of where this thought came up because for me it actually ended up being really good I was like I started to hang out with people that in an uh-huh. in a platonic way mm-hmm. and other relationships changed as a result 
And I did, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, you know, and then I saw, I started noticing how other people act in relationships and I was like, oh, I do that. <laughs> I do that same thing. More self-reflection. Yeah. There you go. And it was really good. So still single now, <laughs> but, and I'm also less, and this isn't a, I'm also a little less antsy to jump in because I was just like that. I was just mm-hmm. like zip, zip, zip. And because it, you know, it's fun and like. It's something to do. It's something that's, that's to do. That's a great reason to date, right? But it's, it's, it's something fulfilling, to do. ultimately. Yeah. It's emotionally stimulating, mm-hmm. you know, and being alone isn't, so I thought. <laughs> and so now, I don't know. So I just thought it was a really interesting prospect. So I literally hunted someone down to talk about this. So I thought, <laughs> so this is really cool. It is. Well, and it's it's interesting to think about because we don't, yeah, we don't really take like an outside reflective look at relationships until right. we put ourselves on the outside because mm-hmm. we're kind of thinking like, why do I need to do that? I'm in a relationship right now. I feel good or it's solid or mm-hmm. I live in this bubble and this relationship is reflective of every other relationship. And then we get out of it and we're like, Oh, there is yeah. a world out there and there are other relationships and other people and patterns of behavior that I maybe didn't notice. So, yeah. So you have kids obviously ask you probably some pretty personal questions. Yes. I imagine you're some sort of <laughs> What's what's like a what's like a love doctor show on TV or something? You know what I'm talking about? Nowadays, yeah. Is that even exist anymore? I guess. I'm sure it doesn't. I can only think of like the ones from the nineties. I keep Uh, thinking Dr. Phil, but that's incorrect. Like So anyway, my point is is are (laughs) you have you become like some sort of relationship therapist for a lot of these kids? And have you noticed anything interesting like as far as like trends in millennials or in reality I try not to be like a therapist to them I mean it's because because I there's there's a difference too between like I don't have a therapy background and I don't have therapy credentials so I'm always like okay well remember like I'm I'm just giving you some information here but I'm not actually like therapizing you um but they do ask me sometimes uh for feedback and like hey my partner's doing this what about this or a lot of times they'll just come to me and just kind of reflect on something we talked about in class and be like oh I never realized that connected, uh-huh. but now I'm seeing that in my relationship. And that's just like, and they'll just kind of stare at me and like have this moment. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's, that's that. Um, okay. What was the second part of your question? Cause I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. Right. For that. I think like, I said, okay. have you, Oh, I, and then I asked, um, have you noticed any Oh, trends Yeah, in, with the millennials or the younger generation? Oh my goodness. Yes. So the thing that I am noticing now, and this fascinates me because I mean, I did online dating. That's how I met my boyfriend. That's how I met like past partners and whatnot. Right. But it was like very traditional, use the website and that's that. And I have so many students now who are like, I met my current partner on Snapchat. And I'm just like, what? How? A Snapchat? Yes. I'm like, how okay, did they, how did they tell first? me more. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's like really bizarre. And I see a lot that are like long-term relationships from Tinder, which I think blows people's minds because they think like, oh no, it's just for a quick hookup or yeah, just yeah. friends with benefits. And I'm like, well, no, I know a lot of people who are in long-term relationships mm-hmm. from Tinder. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing, or like this person um, started following me on Instagram and now um, we've been together for three years. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, T- tell me more because I actually am really curious. Huh. So I've seen a lot of that. It's kind of like morphing the way of how we're starting relationships at least. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. You have more options. But I wonder if it's also like because we have so many options now, like are we ever satisfied? You know what I mean? Because like, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think most people are because I think most people still have that very long-term commitment mindset. Not to say that everybody, I get a lot of people though. Yeah. You'd be surprised. So like out of a class of 60 students, for instance, I might have like at least half or like 40 of them who say, yes, I've been in this long-term relationship and we're going to get married one day. And I'm just like, 
That's cool. Okay, yeah, it still is kind of like very traditional so view of it. Yeah, even though we hear so much about so much kids? diversity. Seven, uh, 18, 19, 20? It depends. So some semesters I have like very traditional college age, so 18 to 22. And then okay. other semesters, like people in our major, students in our majors usually are a little bit more non-traditional. So they're somewhere between like 22 and 28. Okay. And then I have some that are kind of all over the board. Okay. So yeah, it's an interesting, really interesting kind of dynamic and shift from what we think we think but we it's like not really reality but it kind of is but it's not yeah so yeah so yeah yeah, i'm wondering in some sense this might be a little out in the clouds but i'm wondering if some sense that millennials are actually kind of tired of the over stimulation and fakeness and distance you know that we have and so maybe they might be more um maybe they are searching for something more real like yeah. a marriage for instance well and they still might be seeing their parents who have some sort of relationship whether it's really positive and they're like i want that or mm. it's really negative and they're like i want the opposite of that um so could be something like that yeah that's interesting yeah so marriage really that's interesting so snapchat mm-hmm. what the heck i, do, Am I, I missing know. out? i don't know do I i've been to trying to figure it out myself on snapchat? i'm like okay when i'm snapping what do but i send on I, snapchat i think it's like if Hi. you right is this good Hi. but i mean I guess that's just like other apps. <laughs> like it's kind of like dating apps. You could just. I guess, except I, except as they for the say, fact slide that slide into the DMs. Yeah, the slide know. into DMs. Uh, no, but yeah, but on Tinder, there's there's a match. At least there's a like a I hey, think, I like you, you like me. I thing think it's there. people who like connect with other people based on like local stories. Because I was kind of creeping over someone's shoulder one day with these concerts, okay. and I was like, I was like, how are you? <laughs> how often I know, do teachers is, do this that? This is me. I'm just like, oh, what's going on with your relationship? Can I can I watch you? <laughs> I, t- I tell my Did, classes. What'd you find out? No, no. Well, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. But I tell my classes, I'm yeah. like, if you are ever at a coffee shop in Denton and yeah. I am there and you're on a date, I'm absolutely <laughs> creeping on you because I'm. F- I just people watch all the time. Body language is but cool, man. <laughs> it yeah. is, and I. Oh, it's great. There's a game that my. my oh, I'm uh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. No. Was I just going to answer? Oh, so this. So yeah, I was watching, and I also had asked somebody about this too, and they're like, yeah, if you like, throw your marker down. Oh, this is going to make me sound like I'm not. A millennial, which You're I guess not. I technically am, but oh. Oh, this is so weird. Um, shows how the old end of millennial I am. Like you throw down on your map that you're somewhere, and then it like yeah. it connects you with other like local yeah, stories. I know what you're and about. I, yeah. it's, it shows it's you on a that. map. But yeah. So my, one of my students is going to listen to this and be like, "You are 100 percent wrong." <laughs> yeah, I got a few UNC so, kids that listen. So, to this, so we're we're yeah. gonna see. We're gonna see who. Uh, yeah, they're like who corrects I me. I taught in class you so wrong. We right? get back over here. Let me. <laughs> they're gonna be you. like, uh, "Come here, let me let me show you how Snapchat works." That was cute, but no. They had to teach me what sliding into DMs was a couple semesters ago because I did not know what it meant. That's and kind of a new-ish-ish term. Well, it's also just literally communication. Like, it's yeah. just, I'm communicating with you through your On DM. Instagram. But they're yeah. like, no, it's sliding into DMs. And I'm like, or it's communicating? Well, the sliding <laughs> is like, like the dudes who's like out of nowhere. Who are trying to be girl. like real covert, yeah, but like right. smooth. Okay, hey, uh, it's a pickup line thing. You know, they're like, oh, hey, I saw you. at." Blah, blah, blah. I don't know how pickup lines work. I, That's exactly how they work. Is that how they work? Just like that. Anyway. <laughs> no, there's a game that um, I always like to play with people that I go out with and when we spot people on dates too and our game is who likes who more. Oh my goodness, yes. And so um, <laughs> you can always tell, A, the, 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 the biggest giveaway is the facing because like if, if like the girl is facing straight and he's like this. Or like face down and the phone is my favorite. It's yeah. like clearly I don't think you're that interested. If or you. they're playing it. Or they're like, I want to appear as though I'm not that interested. Ooh, very aloof. Yeah. Mm. I just don't care. I mean, this happens to me all the time. I've played that game before. <laughs> <laughs> in my, in my, it's a, that's it's a that's actually a theory. What do you mean? It's called the principle of lesser interest. 
And the person who appears to be least interested in the relationship actually has the most power. I believe that. Right? So if like you're just like, oh, I'm on my phone, whatever, no big deal, then I might be like, oh my goodness, I have to do everything to to make him like me. Yes. Just saying. It's a kind of a normalized experience maybe. That's interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Okay, so I have some written questions. So I can give you some real stuff here. Cool. So um, I did a little research about the biggest reasons people break up. Mm -hmm. So number one, surprisingly, was not money that I found. Is it infidelity? It was infidelity. Yep. My theory on this, and I want you to just kick my butt. My theory on this is that people are too antsy to get married and get in a relationship. So they end up with the wrong person and thus they are unhappy and thus they make. Could be. Unmotivated by dissatisfaction, not necessarily that they're. It's still a very crappy thing to do, but Mm -hmm. I think that it's more from a place of utter dissatisfaction. Yeah. And that came from a place of getting with somebody too fast or, I don't know, what do you think? I've seen that not necessarily from getting with someone too fast, but I've seen it where people have said like, I strayed on my partner because I just wasn't getting my needs met in this relationship. And so I thought maybe I can kind of like play a game with them and like make them realize that they should want me more by that's, saying that I went, yeah, it's like, it's the very game ju- manipulative that's system. self-justifying to me, mm-hmm. but anyway. But I mean, I don't know. People might jump into relationships. It is weird though to think about it like that. Like why not just, and I was actually thinking about this in the car today. I have no idea why. Maybe I was mentally going through this for tonight, but it was, it's like, yeah, Oh, no, no. I know what it was. Okay. So this is kind of a weird, I'm going to get to my point. Okay. So my boyfriend goes every weekend from about Labor Day to MLK Day to hunt because his family, they're hunters. I like and your so, boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's gone every weekend and I was driving to the dog park. And of course my brain thinks this way and this is probably going to sound horrible coming out of my mouth. But I was like, I have a really trusting partner. That's nice. Like, oh, people would potentially like cheat in this kind of situation. Like, oh, cool. My partner's gone for the weekend. I can just get with whoever I want. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I'm so, so glad that I'm dating the person that I am and that I don't want to cheat. (laughs) And that just works that way. Oh, so you were thinking he trusts me. Yeah. Not that you trust him. Yes. Okay. Oh no, he's going in the middle of nowhere in Texas. So he would be cheating on, on a, with like a cow. A so bear. that's, yeah. 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 So, or deer. I don't know. <laughs> Somehow that would be worse. Honestly, <laughs> like, like something yeah. that I don't even want to think about. Yeah. Anyway. So oh, great. Now I just thought, forgot where I was going. So, so that, oh, so it, I started thinking about it and I'm like, if people are unhappy and they want to cheat and they want to get away with that, like, why don't they just end the current relationship that they're in? Kids, job. And just exactly. That's the thing is together. because they're still, maybe they still love that, that original partner or there still is some sort of incentive to stay with them. Families intermingled. Yeah. yeah. That's like so it's much work and energy though. Like I don't, I but can't like, manage I still that. Go out. Like, I, yeah. They want kind the of worst. the best of both. Yeah. So I don't know. So sometimes, yeah, they probably do jump in. So very, what's like very the early. moral option at that point? Like, you know what I mean? I, I think people are going to do what they want to do anyway. Yeah. And we, I, it, I've never felt like it's, and I mean, I, this is true. Like I, I would never be someone who's like, Ooh, shame on you. Like you're doing the wrong thing. Like if that's, what's working for that person, as much as I hate to say that it's like, then that's, what's working for that person. And then there's some back to polyamory uh, where you get into this position of, okay, well why not also talk to your partner and be like, well, how do you feel about an open relationship or have multiple partners or I will mm. tell you a story on that. So I had a suspicion. The only time I've been cheated on and I, I've actually never, mm, I don't know if I should tell a story. I'm going to tell a story because <laughs> I know that person definitely listens to this. So there was a time, it was a long time ago, the only time I know I was cheated on was when I, I already suspected it. You know, I I don't know if you have or Just not, but I've feeling. got... 
it was the feeling. And it was my first long-term relationship. So I told my friend about it and he was like, no, dude, it's just your first long-term relationship. Like you, you're just getting anxiety. It's probably nothing you're overthinking it. But I was like, I Uh-oh. don't know. <laughs> and so she in the car one day was like, Hey, what do you think about an open relationship? <laughs> Kiss of death for someone who likes monogamy. <laughs> and so, yeah, anyway, long story short, she cheated on me, but, um, I was going with that. But see, but see, that's the thing. So let's say that she said that and you were like, hey, yeah, that's cool. Okay, that'll work. Problem solved right there. I said no, though. I was like, no. Well, yeah. (laughs) And she was like, oh, okay. End of discussion. (laughs) And I was like, so. Okay, why did you ask that? (laughs) She said something like, we can explore the world while still having love for each other. And, you know, we're like four months into it. And I was like, who are, whatever. I I just could, but. Yeah, I guess. And I was like, so who have you been exploring the world with? (laughs) So anyway, actually, that's actually a long story of actually how I caught her. But, but we don't have to go into all that. But I, I don't know. It was pretty genius. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a first relationship. But um, anyway. So you grew through that breakup and that experience. But I will say I am, I did. I will say that I'm biased. I am kind of the, uh, so because of that, I am kind of the first to shake a finger at, at cheating, I think. So like, I really don't see a situation where it's okay, especially mm-hmm. in a marriage. So I'd be interested to see why you think um, that it, it is in some situations. I personally don't Only think that it's okay. Only because I've been blasted well, and it sucks. So yeah. I don't think it's okay and I would not want it. Like I would not want to stay in a relationship with someone if they cheated on me or if I was tempted to cheat on someone, I'd be like, there's something going on with this relationship that isn't what it should be or isn't where it could be. But I also hate to knock on people's individual choices. So it's kind of like, I don't particularly love it, but I'm not going to go up to someone and say, Hey, I really think you're oh, messing yeah, this no, up. You know, like it's, yeah, it's like, of a, course. you're not going to judge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't approve of it. I would not. Is there a situation where it is? Okay. No. The answer is yes in your head, and I want to know <laughs> I why. I say no. Well, because I, I was trying to think of like really specific examples where you've see where you like see that, um, and for some reason this is in like five hundred different movies where you see like <laughs> one partner who's like medically incapacitated or I get that uh, you know who I'm there. who I'm is there. like at end of life kind yeah. of care or situation and they have somebody uh, yeah I and get that. so in that case I mean I guess I'm, it would be okay I'm there I can get or, there yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I would think it would have to be like if someone 100% wasn't awake, aware, cognizant. But then that same yeah. like, arena of then it's okay. Yeah. Man, that, that hurts so <laughs> bad because it was such a whirlwind of emotions. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, my first relationship. Uh-huh. And then you're like, wait a minute, what am I doing wrong? Is and why are real? you cheating on me? And yeah. you're a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did learn a lot from that. Yeah. Grow through, through breakups. So we go through breakups and we learn stuff. I know a guy who his uh, man. Okay. So this, I do have a friend. He definitely listens to this. I'm going to be really, (laughs) I'm going to be really. So he went through, I always thought that she was like way too good for him. And and I'm not judging him at all, but she definitely was like, she had her life totally together. She, you know, they like weren't on the same page or not at all. Same level. He was a sit at home, like smoke weed dude. And she was definitely not. (laughs) And I always said to all my friends, I was like, I have no idea how. And she was very pretty, like, you know, way out of this guy's league. Yeah. Um, but they just had known each other since childhood and all of that. So so they finally break it off. And he and it's been five years and he hasn't dated anyone since. Interesting. Yeah. And I wonder 
And so uh, I feel bad because now I'm like, yeah, I, I think I might have been right on that one. Like, you know, <laughs> nobody's. And so do you think that people after breakups, they struggle? Well, obviously, um, or maybe I'll just ask you, have you ever after a breakup? Actually, no, because you jump right in. But <laughs> I was going to ask. Because you just recommit to somebody new. <laughs> I, I think and think with his situation, he's afraid of falling in love again and getting hurt again. Mm, yeah. And so do you think that there's a, a good... Do you think that that affects people's dating behavior? Like they won't get too committed too fast. Like, do you see oh, that? Totally. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to get committed too fast. They don't even want to be too available. So like, mm. Hey, I might go on a date with you, but then if we like each other, then our second date might be like a month from now because sure. I just, mm, I don't know. Like Have I you just ever don't been wanna... like that. I've been like that oh, for heck sure. No. Let oh, me, I, I, I only say that because let me tell you the story. This is so funny. And I told one of my classes this. So, so awesome. my boyfriend and I, we went on like our first date and it was, uh-huh like two days before Christmas. What did you guys meet on what app? So we met on OkCupid. Okay. And let me tell you, I had like a 20 page long profile because I was so over dating that I was like, if you make it to the very end of this, like (laughs) kudos to you. And then I come to find out later that my boyfriend like didn't really read all of it. He kind of skimmed it. And I was like, of course he's a dude. (laughs) I know where I was like, shame on you. But no, so we meet like two days before Christmas. And we end up going to like main event because we were going to go bowling. Okay. And we just ate cheese fries the whole time. Um, Is probably both because I kind of like bowling um, and come to find out that he thought he was badass at bowling and I kicked his butt. His ass, yeah. um, so we didn't bowl at all. We just ate cheese fries cause cheese fries. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> very casual, very like, you're going to see me stuff my face on this first date. Um, so I'll then I'll like I'll. two days later, it was Christmas day. We went on another date and that's what we consider like our first date. Cause we were both bored. We're like, Hey, it's Christmas. Uh, what do you want to do? Well, let's go to the drive-in. That's cool. And then maybe like the day after I was like, okay, Hey, so we like each other. Can we just be exclusive? Are we ready? Like, cool. Let's delete the apps. And that was third that. date. Yep. And we've been dating almost three years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like super, super quick and sudden. Is dating like, is it, but is that more, um, is that more common later in dating careers? Like yes. To kind of just yeah. Hook as up. as well, I mean, you not hook up, you know what I mean. So typically, as you get older, and this is not to say that everyone does it, but as you get older, you become a little bit more selective, and I'm sure. you also oh, yeah. are kind of like, I'm just ready to settle down in yeah. some cases, and so you might just immediately jump right in. I just kind of knew with him, like he, we had gotten. This is also part of the story is when we were first chatting online before we even got together, like. 20 minutes into our first conversation, he was like, Hey, let me just tell you my deal breakers because I think you're kind of cool. And I don't want to keep talking if it's not going to be like a long-term potential. And you like that, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I was like, cool. I mean, I'm super like blunt and open and I'm like, I don't want to play these stupid games that people play. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, cool. Your deal breakers don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Here's yeah. mine. He didn't care. Um, and that helped also. Cause I was like, okay, I feel, I feel good from this. It's a good vibe. And it just seemed like it would Felt honest and work. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And he thought I was like the coolest person ever. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that helped with a lot of that anxiety. I was like, oh, cool. You think I'm cool? Okay. Got to find like somebody that. cool, man. Got to find. So what happened after your divorce? Cause you went through an insane breakup and you don't have to get it. If there's lines to say, <laughs> that's, that's the a year line. we speak not of. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> um, so, so surely you went through like the ultimate breakup. They oh say this goodness. is one of the most traumatic well, things you can go through. And it's even want to say worse because again grew through that and Uh learned some things but it was even more complicated because I got married right out of high school oh yes whoa so I was 17 I was 17 wow yeah and so we dated for a year and a half but then oh my goodness that commitment might have been a little bit more with um a little bit more naive and didn't know as much so there's that um 
So it was like, and so I was married for 12 years. And so this was a long-term Whoa. relationship. Yeah, you got and married I had at never... 17 and got stayed married for 12 yes. years. Yes. So I'm like on the cusp of 30 and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm divorced. Oh, what do I do? And so the year after that was kind of a, I dated someone and now I look back at that and go, ooh, why did I date that person? And life decisions and choices that I made. And then after that, it kind of like settled because I was like, okay, now I know what I'm not looking for because that was a bad choice I made after, <laughs> after marriage or after getting divorced and dating for that year. And then I had a few like main relationships, but each one was, I was learning things from each one and right. can still in hindsight look back and be like, okay, yeah, I did dodge a bullet there or glad that I didn't end up with that person because X, Y, Z. And I didn't necessarily want to admit that or acknowledge it when I was dating that person. Right, right. But now that I'm out of that relationship, I can. So that's cool. It was interesting. Dating. So what's a big takeaway from that divorce that you have learned? And also second question, because I have to know how long before you started dating again. I have to know that. Don't say a month. It was like right away. Okay. So th- <laughs> then the breakup was probably the, coming. I mean, huh? it was it like was we, we had kind of known. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I that was my way of kind of coping and processing was like, let me just shut down that experience and just get out in the dating world and have someone to like keep me occupied basically or keep my attention and, and like go do things with. And sure. that was a good kind of cathartic yeah. type thing. So you process with other people. Ugh, the introvert in me wants to say no, but yeah, <laughs> I guess. Do you like my hesitation there? No, I, I process by, by having a connection with another person. Sure. Like it fills that void. And I also just, my brain scrambles in 26 different directions all the time. And so that helps focus and center it as well when I have like one person I can focus on and like do things for and help and be with. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you've had quite a few breakups then in your life. Oh yeah. None. Well, no, no. I say that. I initiated the divorce. All the others, I did not initiate. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Why is that? Because I'm a long-term person. So I, and because I, I'm in this field and I'm just like, we can make it work. Like we'll just figure it out. And I, I intentionally am dating you. Therefore, I don't want to end the relationship. I, I, yeah, I've never, I don't know. I've just never, I'm like, we're just. Were you just committing too hard and they're like, is that? Yeah, I guess that I what you mean? could have been. Yeah, I could have been committing too hard. And also maybe I didn't want to see the potential issues that were there or I saw them, but just thought we can work through them as opposed to, no, this is like a major difference that we can never fully resolve. Yeah. One of them though, I mean, one was, mostly because of my partner, my ex-partner's anxiety. And so that he just kind of got into his own head and was like, well, it's never going to work anyway. So we might as well break up now and just spare ourselves. And so I don't know. That was a double breakup. We broke up and then we got back together and then we broke up again. Well, that's what you did. On a trip overseas. Wait, you broke up while on the trip? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, so it was obviously like post a fight or something. It was no, it was just, I'm the kind of person who, when something feels off, I'll be like, Hey, something's going on right now. Like something just feels off. Uh And he was like, yeah, I I don't know if we should be together. (laughs) And I was like, cool. Okay. So we have like two more days left on this trip. Uh, Oh my God. Good to know. (laughs) So that was a fun flight home. (laughs) Did you guys do the two days? Like go on excursion? I don't know. I mean, it was either two days or one day or something. I mean, and it was just like a super awkward flight home and like, okay, bye. Nice knowing you kind of thing. Oh my God. Sucked. Yeah. Dude. Mm-hmm. That's like gnarly. Yep. I also it. don't like confrontation. So that's probably a big part of why I've never initiated a breakup. Cause I'm just like, I thought you said you were blunt and you I, just I am, but it. I hate confrontation. Like I'll talk oh. about it, but I also don't, 
I'm like, hey, something's going on here. But that doesn't mean that I want to end the relationship. Whereas some people are like, hey, just want to work it out. Yeah, right. something's going on. Uh, we don't need to date anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, mm. so let's say I get broken up with some girl breaks my dang old mm-hmm. heart and I'm just sad. What's the first thing that we should do post breakup? That what's okay. What's the healthiest thing that somebody can do post a breakup? So usually, emotionally speaking, people say surround yourself with a support system. Sure, that's the biggest thing. Like, Friends. it doesn't mean that you have to go out and like party and go do whatever, but finding but you some. Can. I mean, you can. Yeah. <laughs> that works too. Yeah. Um, finding some sort of support system to just be like, hey, cool, let's eat ice cream in bed together, or let's go out and pretend like nothing happened, or let's. I don't know what people do to cope, like any any kind of thing like that. Um, but as is long as you're with other human beings, that yeah. you feel supported well, emotionally. And then, then sometimes people are just going to want to be alone. That's kind of how I process and why too, I process so quickly. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'll take like two days and just be like, let me be inside my head. This sucked. I'm feeling it. Great. Now I'm moving on. Yeah. So it just depends on the individual. Sure. Which I hate to say because it's like uh, anything, but. No, it's true though. Yeah. So what's a really poor way of treating a breakup um, right after the breakup? Stalking an ex is usually not the best and the thing. In the age of social media, it's so easy. I though. know. It really, I mean, I still do it sometimes. I'm like, what is that ex-boyfriend doing? Let me just type their name into Facebook. Oh, good. They're still doing shitty. Facebook. Like, I know. I'm like, oh, they're dating that person. I was so much better than them. <laughs> okay. Huh? I'm still, okay. I'm in a better relationship now. Um, yeah, it's terrible. But I mean, we do that. And I think there's a line with that. Like, you can do that. And it's not going to be the worst case scenario if you know I'm like, I'm like, go ahead and I don't know. make I poor feel decisions like, like that. I, don't know. Like I, I feel like you shouldn't be stalking your ex because that's yeah, just going to bum you out. It would have yes. been a better relationship. And or, that's a very yeah. true point. I, the same ex who broke up with me when we were on this trip, he he was like, well, let's just be friends. And I was like, um, okay. Yeah. So we stayed Facebook friends and that lasted about a week. And I was like, mm-mm, I can't, I don't want to see, because I was so angry about it still. And I was like, I don't want to see you with other people. Like, mm-mm. so I unfriended him. And then there's been like a back and forth, but I pretty much like we are Facebook friends, but I don't follow him because right. even now, and that was like four years ago, I'm just like, I'm still a little peeved. He broke up with me the way that he did. And like, yeah. I don't want to see oh, that. I don't want to like put yeah. myself in that context. So last two girls I dated both blocked me on all social media. Period. Yeah. I've had yeah. that happen before. I, I don't block people. Well, Oh, I blocked block one person. Yeah. Um, but I don't usually block people. But They blocked me because they said, at least one said, that I just can't see you with anyone else. Or, you know, it was along that line. Yeah. Ugh, breakups. No. <laughs> it's that's like so much they're so drama. Taxing. I think like the whole like jibe of what I was thinking is like, that's one of the worst things we can go through just as humans because you put so much trust and vulnerability with another human being. Like, you know, yeah, they and were, then someone just kind of crumples your heart. And, and they're, they're like, just like, Thanks. later. And yeah. then you're like, Ugh. So I think just in light of that, it's like, how can we turn this around into some sort of positive, positive thing? It was sort of my mode. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess just trying to think of what you could possibly be benefiting from or getting from no longer being with that person, which is really hard because you may not even notice or get that until six years down the line where you're like, oh, I'm with this other person now. And now I realize how crappy that relationship was. Or now I realize what I wasn't getting in that relationship. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of like you almost have to just experience it and deal with the crappy part and then eventually move past it somehow. Yeah. But it's like, we can't really escape it. I know. I wish we could. Is it harder, do you think, to be the breakup E or the breakup er? Hmm. <laughs> I, ooh, it depends on the, I know, I know. And it totally depends on the personality type because for me, I would like hate to be the breakup-er and I would so want to like just ghost somebody or do it over text or something terrible like that because of that confrontation thing. 
Ooh, so that would be terrible. But I also, it sucks to get I'm broken gonna up I'm going to say break because I, when I every That's time like a I, lot of pressure and responsibility to be like, hey, this well, is not working. I feel more responsible for the tragedy now. Yeah, because I feel you feel bad guilty that they feel like mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, like I caused you to feel this way, especially when you love that person or mm-hmm. you really care, and you just caused the most tr- like a super tragic thing in their life. Yep. You know, so I think to me, I think the breakup er is more. Oh, but it sucks so much on the also, other side too, though. I but know, I think, but I think that as a breakup e, you can get over it more because you can be like. They're such screw a, them. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. screw them. Who do you think they are? Think, but but if yeah. you were the breakup er, you know, you yeah, that is that, tough. You know what I mean? It is guilty and kind yeah. of ashamed experience because you're like, and especially if you have family members who oh, are like, yeah. oh my goodness, why'd you break too. up with them? And I can't believe that that was the worst decision ever. And you're like, well, I already feel bad about it, so thanks for making it worse. That happened to me on mm-hmm. a trip. I just got back from a trip, and a friend said that about that same girl I keep talking about, and he was like, I can't believe you did that. Blah blah. Like, thanks, like, dude. And I was like, I, he's like, why? And then he's like, why did you? I was like, I've told you so many times. You were there. You should just start making up reasons. Yeah. Not, not, not even realistic ones. She just smothered like, a baby. I saw yeah. it and I yeah. caught her. And it was a bad just, thing. I didn't want to tell anybody about mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. So, I don't know. At least in my experience, being the breakup bird has been far worse. But Okay, so do you think that people who go through sort of serial dating, like I have and you have, get broken up with or break up for usually the same reasons? In other words, like, is it personal characteristics <laughs> that they just can't change that end up just being the demise of all of them? I'm laughing because that was 100% my experience. Um, <laughs> okay. It, it could be because, because we might not always realize what we're bringing into the relationship, but we might also be looking for the wrong person to get those needs met. So I'll give How's you an that? example. So I tend to come off as fairly needy in relationships 100% because I am bored a lot Me too. in my life, yeah. right? Like, I'm just like, I'll send you 20 text messages in a day, not expecting you to respond to them, but just because it's entertaining. I'm, yeah, it's yeah. something to do. Yeah. So I've had partners in the past who've been like, you are so needy. I can't handle it. And I'm uh-huh. like, I don't, you didn't even have to text me back. Like, I'm pretty like low key. Like, so what? And so I've seen that happening multiple times. But with my current partner, he is horrible at texting back. And sometimes we'll just be like, I'll be like, are you, are you, do you exist in the world right now? Like, where are you? Um, but it works. So he knows that I'm, and it took some time for him to learn that, but he knows like, I'm just going to text him and that there's going to be some nights where I'm just like, Hey, I need a little bit of attention right now, or I just need something to kind of fulfill a need. And he's like, okay, tell me what I can do to help. Yeah. And it's a completely different experience because he gets it and we're on the same page. And as you guys opposed, are talking and processing it. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to past people who were just like, this is too much for me. I can't handle it. Bye. Yeah. So I know that I made the same, kind of the same, I I had the same experiences um, and it wasn't until I had kind of the right fit of a partner for me that that negated itself. Do you think that you're the most mature in relationships that you've ever been now? Like in other words, has all of these (laughs) relationships fed who you are now or did you find the right guy? Both. Um, Is it always both though? You know what I mean? Like, is it Mm. feel, I feel like, although I don't know if I've, I mean, like I know more now compared to when I was married versus now, I know more about relationships and dating and things like that just from my own personal experiences. But compared to like last boyfriend to this boyfriend, I still had the same kind of idea, but yeah, it was more about the person that I was with and it just working. Right. So I don't know how much more I can grow. I kind of know what my limitations are now and I know what my strengths are in the relationships. Like I have a pretty good idea of where I'm at. I'm pretty self-reflective. Um, so I don't think that would change at all. It would just be the partner would change. Right. Because I don't know. Because I think that in the end, relationships success is less to do with the right person, but more about um, like the work you're willing to put into it. Because like, mm. I don't know, maybe 
maybe you can. I'm not a cynic, but I don't know if there's really such thing as the one. Like, I think that it really depends on who you are as. Yes, I know. I don't think that either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel so weird saying that, but like, I, I've never really kind of gotten on board with that whole of like soulmate idea. Like I yeah. can really feel something for you and really be connected. Yeah. But I also think that I could create that with somebody else potentially you, and if you it can. was the right and fit. you have. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean that the person you end up with is any less special mm-hmm. or any less perfect, but. I don't know. I think in the end, it really is your effort. Well, and there's and always, where you're at. There's always going to be something that needs to be worked on in the relationship. And it doesn't mean that the relationship is bad, but I mean, it could be like you're with someone and things are great. And then 20 years in the future, you argue about like what dishware you have. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird argument to have. And I have no argument. idea where that came from. But like, let's just say you were like, oh, I don't like these dishes. Let's get new dishes. And your partner's like, mm, I don't know about that. Um, that makes me want to scream and cry. But see, but see, it's like, it's such a small, like stupid example, but it could be that a couple seems perfect and has an argument over one small little stupid thing like that. And it's like, cool. Going to have to work on that a little bit or figure it out or right. decide, is this going to be a make it or break it moment over dishes? Right. You never know. Um, yeah. Cause what does the one really mean? Like you just don't fight a lot. Oh, goodness, I hope not, because conflict can be good. Conflict, of course, is good. That's how you guys get to know each other for real. Yeah. I mean, like, talk about vulnerability. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I heard this really cool quote today, or yesterday. Um, It was, uh, it's not about trying to find the one. It's about being the one. Ooh. So that was pretty good. Ooh, I do like that. You know what I mean? Because I think that yeah. people have this It's on menta- you rather than on somebody else. And it should be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people have this, me too, have this mentality is I need to find the right person who's going to fit me how I am right now. Instead of like, how can I be utterly prepared to get the girl that I want? Well, and there is something to be said for finding a partner who can pull certain parts of you out, can pull out these Definitely. positive traits. Definitely. But... Yeah, you have to go into it being willing to be like, hey, here are my strengths, here are my weaknesses, here's who I am, here's what I'm bringing to the table, and then here's how you can help with that and how we can work together. Yeah. 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 I do like that. I like that too, right? Mm. I heard that two days ago and I was like, that (laughs) clicks so much for me. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's true, you know? I mean, you're going to want to be with someone who's coming into the relationship somewhat self-assured like they're working out a lot you know or whatever like they're taking care of themselves trying to be a good person for you Mm -hmm. and that to me is really neat like if i found you know but also think about the people who aren't like that but who find someone who's more of like a nurturer who's like i want to help you where you're at and that may even work for that person if they're not bringing something in oh see devil's advocate side yeah that's true (laughs) I don't it's know. it's a little bit weirder for that because it is kind of like a rescue type phenomenon. I, I wonder if they're getting off on that. They're like, oh, I want to be the man or the you know the person taking care of you. I don't know. And and it, that can that be makes tricky. me a little screamy. Oh, uh, squirmy. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, you're gonna it's be the person like, to save them. You like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what do they they call it? Something they call it like knight in shining armor syndrome or something like that. I don't know. Or white horse syndrome or something like that. Yes. When people are addicted to like being the savior. The savior. So they'll literally pick out people like that. And then when that person, that damaged person becomes too much, they'll just break them and they're gone. And then that person's even worse off than... Oh, people are so sweet. Relationships are terrible. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know they suck. They're great and they're terrible and they're they're sucky and they're fantastic and they're just... I don't understand this guy because, you know, I can barely keep one girl happy. How does this guy... (laughs) I don't know. So we've only communicated over texting so far and he'll obviously hear this um, (laughs) because we're going to be doing ours on Friday. Um, But uh, I I don't know if it's with a 
um, a male and a female or female, mm-hmm. female I don't know yet. Um, we'll find out. Um, but uh, how, how, how do you, I can't keep one person. I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm having trouble just with myself right so, now. And then it's another person. And then but you're, on, of that. you're on board with this a little, it seems like, or at least intrigued by it. You think people can have successful polyamorous relationships? I think so. Is it just I mean, about the work or what? It's about really the communication and the openness that all the individuals have together, because if they're all on board and they're having good communication about it and they're talking about it and they understand it, then yeah, what's, I mean, it's just kind of, a a uh, monogamous relationship. Like we're talking to each other. We understand one another. We communicate about it. Okay, cool. You now we're just adding another person into it or adding more people into it. Yeah. But is it all that simple? I feel like that's just breeding jealousy. Cause you know, there's going to be a favorite. There is no exact like, well, but what if they say, Hey, this person's my favorite and you are my second. <laughs> and and they two. just, and they just like, they get that and they know that because then maybe the second might also have a relationship with somebody else. And now granted, that's also getting into open relationships, which could be the same and could be different than polyamory. So like, there's kind of some gray area with that, but it, there's, I think there's so much more, like there's so much more in how we think about that, that we don't fully understand it. And that's why I think it's going to be fascinating when you, when you talk to this person, yeah. um, there's so much more that it's hard for us to understand sometimes. Cause we're so used to the one partner with one partner kind of mentality. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that, man. I just, I just don't know about that. I know. Like I wouldn't want to share my affection or share you that, but that's exactly. yeah, yeah. Like I, I would Especially be like, no, no, no. Feel <laughs> like, okay. They went on like four dates this mm-hmm. week and we only went on three. Uh, what's up, Bucko? You know what I mean, like. <laughs> but see, some people want that, and that's what works for some people. So, <laughs> why would I want to get someone's le- like less affection from somebody? You know, maybe you don't want that much in the first place. Ooh, right. You're such a relationship mm-hmm. professor. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you value the independence. There you go. Do you get tired of talking about relationships? Stuff? Never. You it's, love this. it I always. It, I'm such a nerd it's, for it because it's endless. It is. It's and endless. It's, we live in a social world. So even yeah. if you're like, I'm going to go live on a deserted island and never have relationships with anybody ever again. I'm you like, still you're have still so much to contemplate. Yes. You yeah. have contemplations. You have a relationship with yourself. You have your That's past experiences. Like, hello, there's so many things. Yeah. And it's always changing because every single semester, every single interaction is going to be different. So if we were to like do another podcast a year from now, well, your relationships are going to be different. Mine are going to be different because a year has passed. Context has happened. Environment, the world, all these kinds of things. So yeah, it's fun. That's interesting. You said a relationship with yourself because it is kind of like that. You can always tell how somebody will treat you when you see how they treat themselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Isn't that true? Yep. Especially like I noticed that and because I like people too. (laughs) But I noticed that when people are um, self-deprecating, even for fun, I notice that I'll get some of that shade sometimes. Yep. You know, like, hey, you did. Yeah, it's externalized to you. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's kind of interesting. It's like how people treat themselves exactly how they treat you, which is kind of fascinating. So you do have kind of a relationship with yourself. So it can be said and probably you would agree. Maybe you would agree that if you can get the relationship right with yourself mm-hmm. you're probably going to be better you, off oh my goodness people we live in such a world where they're like no no don't focus on yourself you need to focus on other people do good for others and i will tell my students i'm like no no focus on yourself right now <laughs> like yeah. in order for us to figure out other people that is focusing on we them. yes yeah. we have to understand ourselves so if i know for instance that i'm needy or i need a certain type of affection or i need it a certain way then i can communicate that with you and then that reduces our conflict because we've had a dialogue about it that reduces the like drama it's it just is right. like well, duh it makes things a lot easier yeah and so you said that you're needy did you have obviously you understood that as um at least an issue that at least your boyfriends thought it was an issue have you now was there a point where you had to come to accept the fact that you're like that where you're like man this is a problem and I'm, I'm trying to get rid of it 
or and you're like, no, I shouldn't. I should just accept the fact that I am this way. I think it's more that I realized how to verbalize it because mm. that was a big part of it. I uh-huh. didn't know in my marriage that I craved this notion of affection, this kind sure. of close connection yeah. because my ex-husband was the kind of person who was like, you don't need affection and this, we don't need this in this relationship. We don't want to be too emotional and too vulnerable and too all in that a marriage. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's like six more like podcasts of like <laughs> that whole relationship. Um, and so there was that. And so I didn't realize until I got out of that relationship that I was like, Oh, affection is nice. I, I actually like emotions and I like connecting with someone like, Oh, fancy that. And so it took me a while to figure out what it was because that always comes across as needy and like needing attention. But in reality, it is simply I am missing an emotional connection with a human being. Yeah. So by changing the way that we think about it, like, no, I'm not needy. I just have like, like. yeah, like I just just need to connect with you. That helped. And I don't think I realized that until a few partners in. And I was just like, oh, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not that I need attention 24 seven because I don't, like I said, I don't need you to respond to my text messages. I don't even need to talk to you for 24 hours. If you just disappear off the face of the earth. Okay. I'll be like, "Hmm, what's going on? But my nerdy brain will be like, "Hmm, something kind of fun is probably happening or who knows what, but I still need some sort of connection. And so figuring out just how to say that And to be like, hey, I'm feeling kind of funky right now and I just need like just to be held or I need some sort of words of affirmation or I just need something that really helped the whole process. Yeah, as it does. You know, I saw this really interesting study. Um, They uh, it was about something they called um, the blue zones. And it's the like four areas in the world where people live the longest has like the highest rate Hmm. of centurion. So people who live like on average over 100, something like that. And so obviously they'd study this all the time. Um, and so the three biggest indicators they found found of um, of a long life was a a plant based diet. Two was like exercise. So they're like kind of they don't have cars. So like yeah. literally walking, gardening. Like they're a physical community. But the biggest indicator of a long life in human beings, according to these blue zones, is a sense of community. In other words, like ah, see that's like social support there, exactly. connecting yourself with others. Hmm. So I think that's where the sentiment when you say you know. Um, as you were saying, you know, focus on the other, you know, they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think that's probably where that sentiment comes from. Cause I I think I could get behind that. Obviously focus on yourself. So you are good enough to be there for Mm -hmm. others. I get that. But, um, I don't know. I think the sense of community thing is interesting. So, I mean, even at your, you needing that affection is really just (laughs) totally normal core common. Yeah, it totally is, but it's how it manifests and what it looks like. And until you know how to kind of describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Because for some people, let's say you've had like a really, really needy partner in the past who's needed your attention 24-7. You're like, oh yes. my goodness, danger zone. This person's exactly the same way. And it's like, ooh, yeah. no, no, no. can look different actually. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's a really interesting type of person um, that I find kind of interesting. I think I'm going to write an article on it. But um, I find loners really interesting. Okay. Because... I feel like in order to be happy, you really need a sense of community and that, that extends to having a partner, like a, a life, somebody that at least companionship, but there's these people out there that aren't weird or anything. They just don't need it. And they're very happy alone. What? Yeah. What's happening with so these people? Think about that, Are they though. crazy? Are they alone alone or like really alone? They, so, so they're alone they and it prefer, doesn't seem. They prefer solitude. And so they don't have relationships with other people or it's not at least visible, but do they still have some sort of community of like-minded individuals they connect to? I don't know. I'm going to bring my boyfriend into this again and probably embarrass him. Is but he a loner? 
Um, he is more introverted than I am. Okay. And will doesn't like humans more than I don't like humans for the most part. He doesn't and like so humans. He doesn't like okay. humans. We'll just put All it that right. way. Like he can be around them. Like I could be around them, but you know, it's like not actively seeking it out. I got you. But he finds his community within like playing video games and finding people who are similar. So he'll interact with them, but he doesn't necessarily need to feel like there's a close relationship. So he might have a relationship like, Hey, I'm playing this game with you, but I'm not going to talk to you about my deep dark secrets. Cause I don't feel like I need to but there still is that little bit of connection. Hmm. Yeah. You think he's emotionally, like he's getting some sort of emotional stimulation from that, even Probably. though it's very little? Yeah. I know. I mean, I've gotten that before. I even get that from experiences when I'm totally introverting and like ignoring everybody in the world and even just observing people and being a part, like having that presence again with other people who are around can kind of fill that sense of community. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily have to be interacting with them. I just need to be people. somewhere near them. Yeah. I think that's just a biological thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it makes sense. Or need to be part of something. Well, they explain it as though, like, we are made to feel like we need to be in groups because that's that was more conducive to survival. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, you're obviously going to survive. Evolutionary. Yeah. yeah, and you got, you know, you got pals to help you out if you're sick or you need your kid taken care of or need a cup of sugar something. or something, <laughs> you know, something weird. Yep. Um. Yeah, so... But I don't know. Our sense of community, I think that's one of the biggest problems in millennials is what I talked about with with, with the life coach, uh, Sharon Winnington, um, that, you know, millennials are lonelier than ever. And this is why I, this is why I wanted to talk to you about it, too. Um, have you noticed like loneliness in, in any year or anybody talk about that? I know you're not a therapist, so mm, maybe they're not. I think people have mentioned it, but it's not usually... I don't know. I guess the focus of everything I try to frame it is like talk about these times where you've been in relationships, which doesn't necessarily mean that there's not loneliness in relationships because there can be. Um, know, how's that though? Well, if you don't feel like you're connecting with a partner. So loneliness is just emotional loneliness. It could be. So you could have the emotional aspect. You could have the physical aspect where you're just not really, you don't have access to people. And so you feel alone. You could have the emotional piece where you're surrounded by people, but you don't you're like you're not really connecting not with anybody yeah. um so you could be in a relationship with someone but yeah i just feel like something is still missing i'm something is empty i just mm, something is is not there um so i i'd venture to guess almost everybody experiences that to some degree but we don't like that so whenever yeah. we have that we try to do something to get that to dissipate because we don't like that feeling and so i think right. we're very quick to move away from it that's why i wonder about loners i'm like most people hate it you know, they don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, they want to have, it's nice up until a certain point in time. And then you're like, okay, now I need, yeah, <laughs> I no, need something or somebody no, sucks. Yeah. It'd be cool. Yeah. Do you think anybody can make any relationship work? Okay. Part of me wants to say yes, but I'm going to go with no. I, okay. oh, yes. I think if you try hard enough. Then you can. I mean, really work. But though. yeah, I mean, you'd like have you to, you, to you'd have to them. really work on it, and you might be compromising or sacrificing things that you normally wouldn't have to. And is that good? I, I mean, should we be doing that? And, and see, in some cases, maybe yes, but in other, for me at least, I would just like it to feel right and to just kind of connect from the get-go or eventually get to that point, because I just don't think that it's worth the energy and the investment to put so much forth in the relationship if it doesn't feel like is going to have that potential. And I'd rather find something from the beginning and put all my energy and investment there and have it like start good and end 
or start well and end well, then like start really crappy and then eventually end well, but end like, well have to, right, I know, like, and then we just die and we're happy together and that's it. Holding I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> right. And you know, holding hands. Yeah. Under the ground. I don't know. Um, it's a horrible way to say that or think about that, but still, I mean, it's like, I'd rather it kind of start strong and then continue as opposed to, well, here, let me start a certain way and then have to change all of these things about me or also expect you to change. Yeah. And that's actually one of the big reasons why I kind of pushed forward with our divorce was because I told my ex-husband, I said, this relationship isn't fair to both of us. Like mm. we could both find mm. somebody so much better suited for mm -hmm. who we are yeah. that, yeah, it still was a lot driven by kind of my needs and what I wanted to get out of a relationship. But it's like, but you could also be doing so much better and could get someone who could actually satisfy you. Do, yes, do exactly what you, you are, need yeah. in the relationship. So my very last relationship was exactly that. That was my line was that yeah. we're both on like, what are we yeah, doing? So like why maintain that if it's just a, well, in retrospect, I I really started to notice that we were we were together because we didn't want to be alone. Because so mm -hmm. like I was coming out of a relationship and and a long one and a very like intense one. And two weeks later, we were already dating for real. And she was it was the same situation for her ish. And so, yeah. in retrospect, I realized we were just both wanted to not be alone and not well. And if that works then that works. But then That's you're a using thing. each other. Is that healthy? I know, but like, can that not grow into something awesome? But it can also grow mm. into something not real. True. I mean. It can. And so that's that's kind of where we have to understand ourselves. That part of kind of understanding yourself of, is this going in a direction that I want it to? Yeah. And did it maybe start as we were using each other, but actually there's something there. Maybe there's a reason we were drawn towards each other. Or that's what her thing was. That's just she uh, told me. Right. She said that. She's like, well, yeah, I know, but we can work past and blah, blah, and I don't know. And that you have to kind of look inside and be like, okay, well, really? Or is it just like, is it just not, again, worth the energy and investment? Oh. And especially knowing that there's all these other potential people that you could be with that might end up being completely different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. That's, it, it's exhausting. Yay, relationships. I know. It's so exhausting. <laughs> but I think one of the most satisfying things you can have is having like your dude, like your, like your boyfriend, you know, you know, you said he was kind of an introvert and so are you. And so you guys kind of get each other there and you, you understand his, you know, little things that he does. I don't know, but, um, that's a, such a satisfying life mm -hmm. experience, you know? So when you do get it right, yeah, it is awesome. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, this relationship thing is kind of cool. I like this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel really good right now. And I don't know why. But yeah. And then, but cool. then you look back and you're like, my goodness, my other relationships were so bad. So wait a terrible. Minute, what was I thinking in all of those? <laughs> Crap. Yeah. Cause in the end, I think those breakups aren't a waste of time. You know, they really do teach you how to be, your ultimate self, I think, in the end. Well, and yeah, know? you're not who you are now without those experiences, which oh. I feel like is so cliche to think of, but it still no, it's is. true. Yeah, it's exactly like each of those experiences, even if it was like, hey, we disagreed over where to get pizza. Like, okay, well, now I really know where I like to get pizza. And so it's a really <laughs> small example, but like, now I know something. That's a big example. I know pizza. <laughs> so like, I learned something from that. So even like the yeah. small things are still pretty significant. Yeah, that's fascinating. Okay, I want to I want to hit you with some more. Yeah. Are you cool? Are you good to go yeah, still? Yeah, I'm okay. good. Okay, okay. Is it more important for people to be on the defense with their heart or more vulnerable with it? It's <laughs> the name of my next song I'm going to write. <laughs> defense or vulnerability? Seriously, though. Like, uh, I'm going to go with vulnerability, which why? sucks because it's hard. And you get your butt kicked. Yeah, and I'm sure I've been defensive so much more. And then you're going to Taylor than Swift <laughs> on the way home. I'm going to exactly. introduce you to some Taylor Swift. I have 
mean, it, she she rotates on my playlist, okay. uh, but okay. I just okay. sometimes pass it very quickly. Um, have you ever heard like metal or anything like that? Like, have you ever like heard? Maybe you just haven't found your genre. Is what I'm I, saying. I mix genres though. That's a thing. Like I am no. seriously like okay. I'm I'm like sometimes EDM, sometimes a little bit heavier, sometimes like Spice Girls, which is low pop. I don't know. Um, what that is. I'm kind of more indie. Hmm, I don't like to say like indie folk because I don't really like folk, but still like indie. Yeah, indie? indie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait. So. What did I say? Oh yeah. Destruction. Nope. Defense. Should we be more? De- <laughs> should we be more conscious? There. Yeah. Should we be more conscious of you know where we throw our heart out, or should we actually be more vulnerable? I mean, I think vulnerability, as hard as it is, is still a really good thing to so try to true. aim for. So true. Because that's who you really are. Yep. And but even if you don't know who you are, to take advantage yes, of that, and yeah. that sucks, yeah. but. I think it's better, well, I say that, and sometimes being defensive is what's needed. We have past baggage and past terrible relationships, and so if we don't want to open that can of worms up or we don't want to kind of let down that outer shell, then that may not be what's actually best for us, and if we find a partner that's okay with that, then it works. But I would kind of always default or err on the side of vulnerability because I think that allows for a partner and for you to really get to know each other and to find out about yourself and to figure out what you need and... To just have forward, not even forward progress, some sort of progress. Hmm. So what kind, what types of things um, do you want to get your kids to discover, like typically? Like, is there any like main points you're trying to get your students to? I really just want them to be reflective. That's it. I, I tell them at the beginning, I'm like, I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not here to tell you like a relationship should look this way or this way. I'm basically just presenting all of these different ideas and you take with it what you want. And if that applies to your life in some sort of way, awesome. If it doesn't, well, now you know something <laughs> and it might apply to somebody else or it could apply to you in the future. That's the biggest thing is just to think about their relationships and to think about it a little bit differently because we always get stuck inside this little box of like your relationship should always look happy and you should never fight with each other. And this is, it should be and this or it true. should be that. That's yeah, there's true. so much more diversity within that. Yeah. And so I guess that's a main takeaway is like, hey, there's not a perfect way to have relationships. And so I think that is my overarching goal. Yeah, I'm very suspicious of perfect relationships. I do have another friend. He's 100% listening to this. <laughs> but he, you know, I'm a blast him because I was texting Because he's him. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm suspicious of. When I see, have you ever seen this um, where they're, they, a couple, so they're getting together and they are posting like their life depends on it. Like, like love photo yay, after love vacation photo mm-hmm. she's the best he's the best oh my goodness that's we're going to the dallas hotel yes. <laughs> okay no no, so no, no. we're not that bad no 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 we are not that bad okay. we will very rarely ever post about each other because that's like they've done videos like where's where they're holding hands like, oh yeah oh yeah to each their own cool yeah. but i am <laughs> endlessly suspicious of that do you I like to me it's almost like they're enhancing the um trying to create an image trying to create an image and enhancing this that honeymoon phase it's like they're almost like sugaring up that home honeymoon phase what i just totally licked the mic as i made a uh, oh. you've made out with so many people just now just so you know yes. so many Gold. people <laughs> i was basically rolling my eyes and sticking my tongue out so there was a it's a very romantic moment with the mic yeah, yeah. um <sighs> i'm so suspicious of those people look i'm like i don't believe it i don't believe you for uh, two minutes again like i just don't you guys each. aren't just like falling over each other in real life. Teach their own. 
and maybe they so are, y'all are that so, way? maybe they no we're not I mean literally I'm trying to think of the last picture I'll tag my boyfriend and things but no, it's like that's really different. stupid I'm saying stuff. like I love her sunset Ugh, no like but we're also like not super like emotionally open open and like outward people with that so it's even rare that like we would <laughs> tell each other that we love each other it's like hey by the way I love you as opposed to I love him and he's the best person ever no oh we're not like that that's probably because you guys have been through it a little bit huh like you guys have had and also just oh <laughs> I say that. I mean, I'm Isn't panicking. Funny? No, no, we've literally we had crave emotional attention, but we still cringe at the thought of too yes, much of it. It's ridiculous. We, interesting? we've had conversations about when we get engaged and I was just like, can we not even say anything to anyone? Because that's already like so much attention. And I'm like, Oh, I can't handle it. And it's that same kind of idea. Like we just don't want people to be like, Oh my goodness. That's so sweet. Or, Oh, that's so cute. Like, Nope. Just, psh, I hate it's, that it's just like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be just the same too. Like not a big deal. So, so what's that happening? Uh, I don't know. Whenever he decides to get a ring that I don't need, that's a whole conversation. I'm like, that's podcast session number 300. Um, you don't need a ring. Why? I Because I am not that kind of person. What kind of person? I, I do, I, yeah, I know. That just sounded really negative towards people who want no, a ring. No, 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 no. no. no, 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 no. I, I just am not. I don't care. Like, you could buy me a $20 ring from down the street, wherever. And I'm like, cool. I. It's not about the ring or about like the experience i'm just kind of like the other day i was like can we just go to the courthouse and get married like do you care does anybody care no no and he doesn't care but he wants to do i mean he wants to do his thing it's like his first marriage so he wants to how old is he 35 i just had to think about that because i didn't think when his birthday was (laughs) we always forget each other's birthdays (laughs) i read this really cool study where they said the optimal age statistically speaking is 31 uh, to get married is 31. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well <laughs> yeah. For you is divorce, but no, <laughs> right? I'm, just I'm just joking. But, um, yeah. So like every year before that, the divorce rate goes up and up and up and every year after. So 31 apparently yeah. is like that perfect combination of youth and maturity, I guess is what they're saying. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> it was like 31. So, so for all of you approaching 31. Yeah. Well, up. that's me. So I just, I just turned 30 and Oh, you only got a year left then. I know. Get busy. I know. And I just got out of that. And so I'm like, all right, next girl. I know, I guess, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Societal pressure. It's got to get the best of you. It doesn't pressure me anymore, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it does in a way. I have all, basically all my friends are married now. You know, it's obnoxious sometimes, right? So <laughs> that, like posting those dang pictures, just flat mm-hmm. throwing that ring around. So no yep. ring. I mean, apparently I'm going to get one because that's what he's waiting for. But it's weird that you even have a qualm with that. Like, why would you not want a nice piece of jewelry as a gesture? Because oh, I would so much rather spend that money on literally anything else. Okay. Or not. Just melting. <laughs> or not wait also, for it. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. But there's that. And we, we already were like, okay, well, um, we'll have a wedding on MLK weekend because it's a long weekend and it's not been claimed by anyone and it's winter and winter's the best. So we're like, okay, which MLK weekend? 2021? 2022? When's it going to happen? We've yeah. had that. That's as far as we've planned because we also don't want to have a wedding, but apparently we're going to have one maybe. I don't know. Because of him? So he's more romantic well, than you are. I guess. But he is so uncreative. I mean, I love him very much. <laughs> he knows this. He's going to listen to this one day and be like, she's so right. Yeah, but he's so like, I've, so I've, <laughs> this is going to be the worst engagement surprise ever. I've literally ever. come up with like 300 different ways he could propose. And he's just like, oh yeah, that would be a cool way. And I'm like, well, you can't use it now because 
I just told you it. So you care. <laughs> you care how I don't know. It's because I just, I don't want there to be anything because I don't want there to be this like big pomp and circumstance and he's not a pomp and circumstance kind of person. But I just am like. You're going to look at the videos five years, 10 oh, years Oh, we are not going to have videos like, of that. Are you joking? Because it's probably going to be something bizarro. Any- well, we probably will because it'll be weird, but. It'll be weird. I mean, I'm in a banana shirt. Like that's yeah, pretty. Why are you in a banana shirt? <laughs> because. It's great. Her shirt is a banana. A very it looks like it was spray. What is it, it is. called? It's airbrushed. Airbrushed. And it, and says, it says Dr. Leventhal on it because okay. I didn't know a good banana pun to put on it. And I just thought, why not put my professional name? Banana pun. That's like the one pun. That you <sighs> I was trying for it to not be a sexual thing, right. but I was yeah, like, how do can't. I come up with this? With a banana? But I mean, so that's, that's a kind of, we airbrushed him a detective Pokemon Pikachu, whatever one. So that's about the, that's about where we're at in our relationship. So it's probably going to be dorky as all get out. You guys sound like two peas in a pod, honestly. Yeah. Um, do you I can think talk any- about this for like 20 hours. <laughs> okay. Um, do you think anyone uh, is immune to heartbreak? In other words, uh, <laughs> this is what I mean. Do wealthier, more popular, more Wait. attractive... What? Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I just like how you went, okay, I, wealthier and more attractive. Continue, though, because I like these like precursors of who might be immune to it because of yeah. status or... Yes. Do you think that there are some people who are immune? To- I thought of so many good questions. Go like make I- a lot of money, friends, and then you won't feel heartbreak right? ever. Right. <laughs> so, what could you I- imagine people are like, "I just need a little bit more money so that I can't I imagine people feel like that all the time." No, I think heartbreak. <laughs> I don't know. I think wealthy people probably have a hard time dating because you never know. Yeah, if it's legit for the person, you know. I don't, I don't, Especially okay. if she's super hot and way out of your league, and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> I want this to be real so bad." But there's money yeah i I don't know if those factors or characteristics impact being immune but i was kind of laughing before because i'm like i probably come across as being very immune to heartbreak because i was just not raised in the most emotionally expressive family and so for the fact that like i also just seem callous oh i know but i I can come across that way (laughs) i feel like or very like unemotional sometimes and so i don't know and i've kind of built up a resilience kind of effect as a result of it because I'm just like oh hey you you broke up with me again it's like the sixth time that's happened so I'm just going to stop caring the same way so I think past experiences like that can make you more what's the word I'm looking for like less vulnerable to that yeah but I don't know if money and attractiveness I don't know. It might change the way you view yourself, and so I mean, that it's could like be. The most attractive person you're like, hey, I'm, broken up with, I am so pretty, and I just don't have to care as much because I can have anybody I want. I mean, I guess that. That's probably true. For yeah, I mean, that like, could be a the thing. Serious like yeah. models out there who are like whatever. Or are they really, really, really lonely and empty, and they're I just like, oh, I think that I don't have anybody. How can ever. you have anything real? You know, how do you know they're not? Even if you're super attractive, how do you know anybody isn't? Because like, how do you know they're not dating you? Because they're, they're never dating you for you. They're dating you or for how you're born. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. I guess. I don't know. You know what I mean, though? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I just wonder if like there are people out there who just don't have to go through it like as often because they're just pretty and rich and whatever. <laughs> like, is it just us losers Well, out let me talk about it because I'm so ch- pretty and I'm so rich. I have all the answers <laughs> about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, like, you know. Paris Hilton. Actually, speaking of Paris Hilton, I saw this. I guess I've watched way too many documentaries on this because I've read is like my third one. <laughs> but there's a really good documentary on Netflix um, about it was about social media. I can't remember what it's called. It's like, what do you meme or something like that? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it was all just two hours of Paris Hilton memes. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I like you where this is going. Okay. Yes. <laughs> all right. Meme number one. Now, uh, she talked about how 
how lonely she was. And I was like, I mean, Paris Hilton. Although that doesn't surprise me because it's like kind of, she kind of came across like, I have a lot of relationships, but they may not have a lot of depth. That's what she says. That's what she says. That's exactly what she says. I can totally see that. I can see that with like famous people because they are constantly surrounded. It's kind of that notion of loneliness or isolation. Like I'm surrounded by all these people, but like emotionally. Yeah. Is it really stimulating for me? Am I really getting something from it? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're in like the public eye. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. So I think the moral here is don't be rich and don't be pretty. And don't be I'm Paris good. Hilton. Perfect. That's great You're for like, me. Check, check, That's check. Got it. <laughs> Big check on that last one. <laughs> Wait a minute. This isn't a podcast with Paris Hilton? Crap. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So anyways, do you got anything more on breakup? Let's see if I have anything else I can stick to you. Uh, why do people stay in shitty relationships? Are they more mature, are they more mature for willing to stick it out in hard no. times? <laughs> I only say that because I stayed in a super shitty relationship. Um, or are they naive for sticking past the obvious expiration date? Okay. So I don't think they're shitty or naive. I think there's a lot of different reasons. Um, it could be that there's a lot of social pressure. Like you need to stay in this relationship. I mean, hello, if you're supposed to be married by 31 and you're 32 and now it's like, oh my goodness, I clearly need to just commit to this. Yep. Um, so sometimes that, even though it sounds like so crazy simple, like, well, why would we stay in that? But it happens quite a bit yep. um, or just the expectation that you should be in this relationship and you should be happy and you should yep. just deal with it. Cause you're not going to find anybody better. Yep. Um, it could be some sort of value system. That was why I stayed in the marriage for so long um, because I simply didn't believe in divorce. Like that wasn't a viable a option. Aspect there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it can be that um, it could be that it's not really, you're not better off leaving the relationship. So you think, yeah, well, maybe you don't think there's other potential options or it could be that it just, you, you're going to have to live on your own and maybe you don't yep. have the resources to do that or mm. it's going to be a totally different life and you're like, how do I go buy groceries for myself or how do I pay my bills that I've never had to pay before? Yep. So there can be that. Um, yeah, it really just might not be worth it. Even emotionally, you might just be like, well, this relationship is okay. It's not great, but it's not terrible. So I feel like that's all relationships in a sense. It's like, it's not Which, as bad as it could be, but it's also not like I mean, 300%. Actually, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know. Is there anyone just living in an utter state of bliss for 30 years? Your friend who posts, posts on social media. God, they're like four months in the relationship. So they just got engaged now too. And so, oh my God, I was in Vegas this one time. I saw this. <laughs> you saw so many things. <laughs> I've seen too many things, man. I saw this girl. She obviously just got engaged. She took her ring and put it backwards. Like this is for a photo. So she puts it backwards. I already hate where this store's going. <laughs> it changed my life. I was like, how, how are they okay with themselves? No. So she, she t- took her ring, put it on backwards and had it out like this, you know, and the mom was like on her knee, like trying to get the angle and she was doing this. This is number reason reason five hundred that while, I don't want to ring while kissing oh. the, while kissing the groom at the same time and that was the picture I walk I would just walk by like that's the weirdest tour thing I've seen here and I'm in <laughs> Vegas like <laughs> yeah she must really love him uh, see I don't get that <laughs> to me it's like that to me is like I had a I had a fantasy of what I wanted a relationship to be but see maybe even though I totally have rolled my eyes like three times already in the past twenty seconds yeah. but. It could really be that they truly are so happy together and that is just an is outward expression of it. Is that what true happiness looks like, though? It could be. Is that what it looks like? It could be. Come on. I don't know. Come on. You're the cynic or the callous. <laughs> I don't mean cynic. Yeah. But I mean, am I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
It could be. That's the thing is like, it, I, for me, no, it wouldn't. And like the thought of taking a picture like that just makes every part of me just ugh, cringe. Yes. yes. But if that's, who was I talking to once? Um, I've had conversations with students who are like, nope, that's my dream. And we're going to have this big photo shoot. And it's going to be all of this and all of that. And it is a big deal because that's really like that signifies the next step for them or it signifies something really major or this big commitment that they're willing to make because they've never made that kind of big commitment okay. before. So like, I see that. I, 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 yeah. I, can get, I can get behind <laughs> Even though that. it kind of raises that our bridge in the back, it's like, That oh. clicks for me, yeah. yeah. There yeah. could be so much more to it that even though we think like, oh, it's so cliche and everybody's doing it, it still could have significance to them. Yeah, but if you're not keeping that up throughout the whole relationship, will it feel like after that phase is over that you've just stooped somehow? What if they are keeping it up though? Are they? Have you ever seen an old marriage? Actually, I guess we have. <laughs> huh. I'm like, I don't know. We're going to check Instagram. Like <laughs> this Let's old, right old couple who's like, from 60 years ago. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. It would be, but see, like we just don't think about that because that's not, our brains don't go there with like older adults or couples who have been together forever. We just kind of forget them because we're like, oh, that's not the honeymoon phase anymore. Or, oh, things are different. They're not the ones on Instagram doing it. And that too. (laughs) But new generation. So who's to say millennials won't be all up on it. Yeah. For the next, I don't know, eight decades. Okay. So last question. Yep. What are the major signs that you need to get out of the relationship you're in? What are the major ones? Give me t- give me Ooh, five it's solid. Depend, though, five good solid ones. major what do you ones. Have this notebook, um, by the way, we didn't even open this thing. This <laughs> okay. lady is let the me, most let amazing. Let me just tell you. So I was looking at different types of reactions and like different reactions. No, no, different like ways that people talk about breakups. Okay. And almost ninety percent of these articles, I was going hardcore nerd. So like I was looking at these like articles that like researchers have written from the past like 20 years or something so awesome. <laughs> and they were like um from a biophysiological standpoint the chemicals yeah. in your brain and i was like "Ooh, that's okay that's cool I like that. uh not i don't study that okay um but they were talking about all of these different oh, i have such a good you want a good quote please hit me Wait, hit me with everything you got too. in there honestly okay so the first thing actually this is i did it Hold on, I'll have to go in order because I ran out of space. Okay. Um, it was love regulation. This just notion that we use certain strategies to change. What do we what do we set up what you're talking about? Okay, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. It. I'm just talking about like processing after breakups. Okay, okay. So there's this concept of like love regulation, which basically just deals with how we regulate our emotional response and our cognitive response. Okay. So like how am I feeling about this? What am I thinking? It's just how we process. <laughs> it's just, it's okay. a lot of obvious stuff that was in this, these articles. Sure. Um and then I definitely went to dictionary.com yes. and looked up what heartbreak meant because I was really curious. I'm like, how are we defining this? And it was like yeah. sudden loss and grief and sadness. I was like, well, that's okay. right. depressing. Um, yeah. But yeah, someone said here, sudden loss and lack of positive affect. So that's like lack, lack okay. of positive emotions. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, okay. So here's the quote, apparently from John Steinbeck, mm. which I misspelled, but <laughs> now, now we see that. A sad soul can kill you quicker Far quicker than a germ. What's the germ? Like but just a germ, like like hurting emotion. <laughs> okay, maybe it wasn't that profound. Um, like <laughs> like hurting emotionally can kill you quicker than a sickness. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move yeah. on to the next one. <laughs> okay, um, anxiety. How, how I relate to that would be like being with in. Like, in, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I mean, clearly I have really important things written down on here. You do. I'm, I'm very interested. And it's thick, thick. There's a lot of no, papers. No, 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 no. The rest of these, 
Don't know. Oh, those are this, papers. So this was a midterm that I just wrote on the back of because uh. I didn't have any paper. And then this is, <laughs> these are two papers I have to edit for somebody. And this was something else I have to do. And then more midterms. You're such a teacher. I know. <laughs> You're such a teacher. <laughs> like my laptop's in my bag. I got a whole bunch of things in there. I was just, I didn't want to like type it up and then bring it in and be like, let me just pull my laptop up and be like, here's my professional input. Um, I would have been impressed though. Okay. I mean, I can always open it and look all <laughs> professional um, in my banana shirt. Um, yes. <laughs> so I said, well, you said there was going to be a picture at the end. And I was like, this is a really good place to debut this oh, that's hilarious. shirt. Okay. Yes, there is. There is. <laughs> um, anxiety about beliefs on availability of future partners may lead to pessimism. Yeah. So you so, don't want to get out because you don't think you're going to be. Yes. Yeah, so it may not that. actually be leaving the current relationship, but just, the pro- oh, no. Yeah, you have to go through. The future is going to be terrible. You might not get someone else, which was actually true for one of my friends, as we talked about. And I mean, that's really like, yeah, we don't. God, how sad is that though? Like you get out of a relationship. You get and it's just up, going you downhill. Can't get. <laughs> God, There's no hope. So I know. <laughs> I know they do. Um, I had to write sideways because I started running out of space. So there's a thing. I'm going to mispronounce it. And if anyone is a medical person listening, I'm sorry. I'm not a medical person. Okay. It's called takotsubo. Okay. Taco, something like that. Okay. And basically it means octopus pot. Okay. But it really means cardiomyopathy, which means that you can have like a heart attack. What? Like a broken heart. It's called broken heart syndrome, I think. But it's also there's like this like Japanese name for it that means octopus pot because something is like shaped like an octopus. I don't know. I kind of started reading and then got sidetracked. Um, You're so ADD. <laughs> yes. I was just like, uh, next article, what, what, what? Because I was like, I'm not going to talk about octopus pot. I don't know, whatever. And so I was like, <laughs> but then I saw. I'm not going to talk about octopus pot. And that's how we got and to talking about that. I thought heartbreak syndrome is when one uh, spouse dies and then the other one dies soon after. Mm, I mean, it could be. I thought that's but what it was. But it's also basically just um, like, uh, oh, words, um, where your heart rate starts fluctuating uh, and it's like irregular. You're literally getting that from probably anxiety over a heartbreak. That's exactly what I said. I was yeah. like, okay, they say it's from a heartbreak, but I'm like, that's what intense anxiety mm-hmm. feels like. And so it may look like a heart attack and it goes away eventually because it's not a heart attack. You got anything else on this? No, that was pretty much it. Okay. Kind of the obvious stuff. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that was obvious. I, I don't know. I think that I think in the end, I, what I was going after was like, we can reframe our breakups Mm-hmm. to be ultimately productive. And I think in retrospect on those breakups, and this is true for me, especially or specifically um, that they ultimately teach us a lot and really make us better in the long run and really help us have better love lives eventually. Well, and I like how you said that of reframing that, because that really is what it's all about of yeah. just changing the way that we are viewing it, the way that we perceive it, the way that we're thinking about it. And yeah, it could potentially actually benefit us. I wonder if breakups vary across cultures. Yes. Do they? Yeah. Please. You tell. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to change based on, I mean, sometimes you may not even see a breakup because that may not be cultural accept, culturally acceptable. So it might just be uh, like you stay together because you've already committed to that person. That could be America not that long ago. Mm-hmm. You, I think you also see that more in more Asian countries. Sure. Um, sure. Which is kind of like, it's not necessarily about your experience, but it's about your family and the community and society. Yeah. And so Especially you stay if together. Like, there's an arrange. Oh, I'm, I also mm-hmm. got an arranged marriage person. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, but I yeah, love it. A, so I want somebody who's advocating it, but she is actually. What's the opposite of advocating? Discouraging. Uh, like, how can can you go um, beat a drum for something you don't want, don't like? Advocating this, against it. Yeah. Advocating against it. Oh, I love arranged marriages. They're you do? fascinating. I, I am so fascinated by them. I 
So I guess they say that they stay together longer, so but obviously it's probably because it's I, mandated. So why do you find that fascinating? Just because I think it's fascinating. I don't know. I, because, super so so yeah. I see it and I think about it because I'm like, my boyfriend and I, I mean, hello, we were exclusive after like four days. So technically per we could have, right? We probably could have like gotten married five months in <laughs> and been totally fine. And we would have been married for like two and a half years then if we that had been the case. We were basically married after four days. We were, oh my goodness. We oh should boy. maybe not tell you how soon we moved in together. <laughs> Can I guess? Yes. I'm going to say three months. Yeah, well, pretty close, actually. Okay. So we, so December, uh, I don't think it was like official, official, official until like June. But there were okay. definite like, so yeah, six months. most of your stuff is over here and we're kind of sleeping over. And yeah, you know. I understand that. And then it was like official on the lease, like a year in. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> it. Six, so six months or you say but three it's months? Like, I mean, it was. It was probably closer to like three. See, that I feel it was like almost that's more night. acceptable later. In, I don't mean later in life, but you know, later in the dating yeah. career, I feel like that's just a little more acceptable. Like my yeah. uncle, my uncle, um, very, very religious man, didn't get married until he was 50. And like they met two weeks later, they were official and like they got married that year. Yeah. So, and see, we could have done that. That's why I'm like fascinated by arranged marriages because even though yes, we knew each other, about. yeah, but it's like technically, so an arranged marriage, like they might know each other and then maybe meet once or twice and then like two months later they're getting married or something. Okay. Well that, how different is that from other types of non I wonder if it works better. If like the pressure of there is no other option. Yeah. You're just like, all right, we're going to make this work. I'm going to do every single thing. And think about it. If you have family members who are choosing that person or community elders or somebody like that who might know and understand good matches. I have to tell you an insane story. Okay. (laughs) Please do. This is a true story. This happened to me. You're like, this is my own arranged marriage. (laughs) Yeah. So that I can be married by 31. <laughs> I'm never going to. I don't know if there's any hope for me anymore. But no, I, no I'm just joking. Just but, go to your community elders. Yeah. Yes. I need to contact <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Um, okay. So I had a neighbor who used to live right there. And I'm pointing for people who can't see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, down out the window. Down out the window. Um, we're upstairs. And um, anyway, so he brings, so he's Russian. He goes to a Russian Orthodox church. He's like, you need to come to this Easter event. So I like doing weird stuff and he knows that. So he brings me to this Russian Orthodox church just for their Easter event. And he's like, they speak all in Russian and mm-hmm. it's like lights out. Like we're just Fantastic. doing candle. Yeah. Yep. So I, so I go, I'm and like, you got married there. Yeah. <laughs> and that night I met my bride. <laughs> and it was actually just a marriage ceremony. And, it was yeah. like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're getting married. So it's, it's going to be great. No, so I go there, and long story short, it's, the whole night was a very insane experience. Like, we, <laughs> we walk imagine. around the church at, like, 4 a.m., like, we're, like, singing <laughs> in a group. I took videos of all this, Fantastic. and, like, people are wearing Victorian-era clothes. Like, it is a real, real deal. Yeah. Like, and, like, at the end, they have, like, a giant feast, and it's, like, at 6 in the morning at that point, <laughs> and they're, like, drinking and getting drunk. And it's, Sounds about right. So it's a two-day event. So the next day, <laughs> so the next day I'm there, we're feasting again. And um, this lady comes up to me speaking like really, really broken English. She's like, you know, you are, she said, you are so beautiful. So she literally said, you are so beautiful. I'm like, oh, thank you. And uh, I have a granddaughter. Yeah, that's, that's what she said. She said, I have, I have, I know somebody and, you know, you should meet my daughter. And I was like, and so her other daughter was sitting there too. And she was like, yeah, you should meet whatever her name, you know. I feel like there's a missed opportunity here. Well, no. So, so she's like, can I have your can I have your number? And I kind of like, we were sitting at a table. So wait, I, wait, the mom was like this or the 
daughter. The mom okay. and the daughter was encouraged. Like the mom, okay, the daughter, they were Got both it. like engaged. And yeah. I was just kind of like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not, probably not. And so I just, I just kind of brushed it off and then she re got my attention. She's like, no, seriously, give me your number. I'm giving you, I go, so I give her my, so she takes my, she, so she gets my number. And so I go to, so I have to leave cause I'm going to a show that night. And so I go to a show and that daughter calls me and she's like, Hey, can you meet tonight? I'm like, not, not the daughter, the daughter who was there, yeah. not the one they're setting me up with. Oh. And I was like, no, I'm at a show. She's like, okay, tomorrow at noon, I'm going to come pick you up so you can meet my sister and i'm like okay that's okay and so the next day process that yeah so the next day she she does she calls me and she's like (gasps) was it a chaperone date it was oh fantastic so i now this is mind-blowing to me like so i love every aspect of this so i get in the car so she's like and i get in the car and at this point reality set in where i'm like what am (laughs) i doing i I literally got in the car and i said what are we doing like where what where are we were they like well we're going to mini golf (laughs) yes i was like i was like where are we going and so she's like we're gonna and her answer i was like what are we doing and she's uh, she said we're gonna go meet maybe your future wife yes this is perfect. And I'm like, what is going on? So I don't know if you know where Luigi's is. Yeah. So this is the owner's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we go there. It's on a Monday because obviously the Sunday, the day before. And so we go there and it's on a Monday and Luigi's <laughs> is closed on Mondays. <laughs> so they reopen the restaurant. Oh, this is so special. So I'm going there. Still don't know what's going on. I'm like in a, I feel like I'm in a LSD trip yeah. or something. So we walk up and. And I can't believe I'm telling the story <laughs> on the air. But so we, I, I meet the guy, Luigi, and he was like, oh, what, 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 what's your name? I'm Jared. Okay, cool. And so they sit me down at a table and the girl comes out and sits down at the table. <laughs> this is so like from a movie. It, I could, I've, I've told the story. So many and that's like when like, the Godfather came to life. Yeah. And so the guy sits down next to me and he's like, so what do you do? And I'm oh like, my goodness. This yes. is just incredible. So I'm telling, I'm telling him what I do. And he's like, so, and he, he's like, how much debt are you in? Cause he knew, he knew, I, you know, I just got out of school and I, I was like this. a lot of stuff. I'm debt. actually so jealous of your experience because I want this experience for myself. <laughs> yes. This is a real wow. thing. This happened to me like three months ago. And so he was like, how much blah, blah. And then he's like, and so I told him and then he's like, okay. And then they all left and it was just me and her. And this is the first time we're seeing. Did you promise them like 12 pigs for her hand in marriage? Because yes. I feel like that is just the next thing yes, that's coming. But I was no good for that. But yes. No. And so we talked and I, the first thing I said was like, this is so weird. <laughs> I was like, this is so weird. What, did, was she like a uh, ditto? Yeah. Oh, she was like, I know. She's like, this is just like, so they're, um, you're like, well, they're Albanian. So they're from mm. Albania. So they're, and they're straight up. I mean, they're like yep. from Albania. So anyway, that so I, not a surprise. <laughs> So, yeah. And so I told her, I was like, this is very strange. Like, and so we end up semi hitting it off. <laughs> Weirdly, we are laughing like by the end of it and yeah. like having an okay time. And I said, like, do you want to like get out of here? Like, and go <laughs> to, like, Where your family's not watching me. Yeah. I was like, do you want to go like go somewhere else? And so she, so, but oh no. Yep. And she said, yeah, but they drove us though. So we went to LSA and they, but they drove us. Oh, that's so fantastic. Yeah. So we go. They drop, they drop us off, and we go, and ha- and then they come back and pick us up. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the best first date story. <laughs> so the weird thing is, is that she was going back to Albania. Oh, that's so funny. She's gonna listen to this story. <laughs> that's really funny. I haven't talked to her in a little bit, but um, 
So she's going to Albania the next day for like five months. Yeah. That's for why like, they called you like right then. And we're like, we have got to secure this. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. And so, so she goes to Albania and I, you know, we text and eventually like, you know, we just met. So <laughs> yeah. like a few months in, we kind of run out of things, you know? And so that really did happen to me. And I was like, man, this is my dating life now, I guess. So I'm so jealous. It was an incredible experience. I, yeah. Down, even with just the church thing and the drinking and like all of that was like, you're just like, is this real days, life? I did this occur? I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't stop. I just took pictures. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Seriously. Me. Yeah. That's a, that was a, I'm trying to think if I have any good, I, I go to Romania a lot. And so I'm you do? like, That's yeah, cool. I'm, I'm Why like, do you go to Romania? Um, partly the anti-trafficking work that I do. Um, so you should tell a little bit more about that. I find that really interesting. So you do human trafficking work in overseas? Yes. So what does work mean? So I, there's kind of two aspects to it. So one of them is the prevention side. And so Mm -hmm. I work with different organizations that mostly focus on prevention. So how are we getting kids to stay in school? How are we educating them on this? How are we- after they've been like rescued? No, no, before, before they even get into a trafficking situation. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. your, Your prevention. Yes. Gotcha. I'm, I am mostly on prevention, but even more on the advocacy side, which I'll get to in just a sec. Okay. So a lot of people don't realize that prevention starts like really, really young. So if I can get you in a safe environment when you're five and can feed you and give you access to resources like school, then that may reduce your risk factor of being trafficked when you're 16. So I work with that, with different organizations that do like feeding centers and education programs and things like that. And then on the other side, my research is on... Uh, advocacy and people who volunteer in these organizations, like why they're actually volunteering, like what motivates them and then how they feel supported by family members and how they feel supported by organizations. Very cool. Yeah. I think that's a very noble. Thanks. I mean, I guess. No, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's, I feel like I, people always say that and I'm just like, I'm not really doing that much. Like I'm doing things, but it's like, there's so many people who are doing more, but yes, it's important stuff to know. And there's to so do many more people who are doing less though. Fair point. Yep. Like, I feel like that subject, That's uh, I've always thought about that because, you know, I don't know if you know anything about these houses here that got torn down. Oh, yeah. So there uh, was... Was there traffic in there? Yeah, they just found oh. that out. Actually, I found that out today, like just earlier, Ew. like a couple hours ago. And so, and it yeah. was, it was uh, like basically Asian kids hmm. that they had. Wow. And they'd, they'd drug them and bring them to different apartments around here and then take them back. Wow. Yeah, and they were, they were holding them there. I'm going to do some digging on... It's horrible. Yeah. About that. Hmm. One one guy said that he, one guy who was living yeah. over in these houses. I'm sorry, my listeners. <laughs> you have <laughs> the no house is idea outside what I'm the window. <laughs> but the houses next to me got demolished because they were drug they, they, houses. They were yeah. Houses. They were like condemned or something. And then there was this horrible ownership and the, the, yes. per, the uh, whoever it was in charge wasn't updating or maintaining. Not at or, all. It was, you could smell here like you could smell oh oh, there's no electricity nothing there and they were and it was packed and nothing but drugs and prostitution i remember walking by i walked by and they just had the front door open i saw a um line sheet of paper like a note paper Uh and it just said a hundred dollars on somebody's room meaning like prostitution like they're like just a hundred bucks how wow did that not get shut down sooner okay well the cops were there like four wow. times a week <laughs> like they were always there they were always there we ha- i've called the cops because of gunshots uh, and stuff it was like the horrible. crux of the issue is that they can cite people and they can ticket people but 
they are probably ticketing the wrong people. Yeah. So, but yeah, they were human trafficking there. So wow. I just found that out today with kids. And I just, I don't think that gets enough media attention. I just don't. Uh-uh. Like how often do we ever talk about that? Well, this and weekend? today, especially, um, they have a big, A21 is one of the organizations and they did this big like walk around the world. Uh-huh. And so you see, and it's so cool on their Instagram on this day um, because they put, they show pictures and videos of all these people walking. And basically it's just a bunch of people walking in a line across this specific path. And like there was one in Denton um, and they're cool. everywhere. And yeah, you just get to see, it's like, okay, that's kind of a cool way to visually represent it yeah. without being too like overwhelming and yeah. Like over yeah. emotion. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Yeah. So why do you take interest into it? Have you, I just kind of lucked into it, um, yeah. which is a weird thing to say that I lucked into, but, but I was approached years ago with this organization that I traveled with doing just some work with kids and communities and things like that. And they were like, Hey, we have this anti-trafficking curriculum. It's created for the Ukraine. Can you do something with it? And I was like, uh, sure, I guess <laughs> I love to travel. And I'd been going to Romania already so much. And I was like, I'll go to the Ukraine. I'll do whatever. And cool. so I created a study abroad trip through UNT for that. And it was going to be to the Ukraine, but that was kind of when everything was starting with the whole um, occupation in Ukraine and Russia taking over. And right. the university was like, maybe you shouldn't take people there. Yeah. And so my backup plan was Romania because I'd had so many experiences there already. I'd been gone probably about six or seven times and connected with a bunch of organizations there. And then it just kind of spiraled into finding my area to work with and finding kind of underrepresented or underexplored areas. And now I'm where I am. (laughs) Are there organizations that are like getting them out? Yes. There's not a lot that actually get them out because it tends to be like, um, like the cops. Restricted, yeah, to it's, law enforcement. Gotcha. But there's one, for instance, Operation Underground Railroad has, their organization has like a whole bunch of former CIA and FBI and people who do go uh, those like so special know. ops programs. But really, they're great also about going into countries and saying, we can't help because you're within your government system and your law enforcement system, but we can help support your people to get them out. There's more organizations that work on prevention and services after they've been taken or after right. they've been rescued. Um. So yeah, there, there are, the problem is people go back into it very quickly and very easily. If there's not a societal support in place. No, I hate hearing that. Yeah. And there's not good law. There's not good like prosecution and protections. So you tend to see a lot of repeat. Oh no, I don't like that at all. Yeah. I'm sure there needs to be a lot of support to get them Mm reacclimated to society. And if they don't, they can get, if they're not mentally. Yep. There's a whole bunch of issues. And then if you like send them back to their country of origin, if they came from somewhere else, then that's, if that's risky, well, and their trafficker could live next door and it could be that their parents trafficked them. I mean, there's like a whole slew of things and it's like, well, okay, we (laughs) fixed this problem, but we didn't necessarily fix the whole system. Is there, is it more prominent in Texas than we think? Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's one of those things people like to think of it like, oh, it doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen in Denton, a small community. It doesn't happen in like, it doesn't happen next a, door. yeah, a suburban area. It doesn't happen in this state. It doesn't Everywhere. happen in this country. And it's like, no, it actually does. It's more visible in some other countries and some places. So you think like a big city, you can go into downtown Dallas and definitely see like a, not necessarily a red light district, but you can see an area that's maybe sure. frequented by prostitutes a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, Literally, every, yeah, like right next door or in a context you might not think, even like someone who's working as a as a housekeeper who might not have access to their documentation or might be working a lot of hours and not making a lot of money, like things that we don't think about. Uh-huh. 
can be considered trafficking. Oh, that's like the grossest. It is. It really how is. Horrible. It's, how can people be? It, it no, is. How can you be that conscienceless? I said the stupid. You know yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it is, and it's like the worst thing to study and to like teach about because yeah, you're just like all of this sucks. Like yeah. it just is a terrible. In fact, we had one day in my class because I'm teaching a social justice and human trafficking class, and we were just like, "Well, that's that's crappy," <laughs> and we just all kind of sat there for yeah. a moment, like this is a heavy. terrible. Yeah, it's we heavy. in the back of my room on most days, I have like um, stress balls, like a whole box of stress balls. I have yeah. Legos, I have adult coloring books, and I'm like, if at any point in time you need something to like. Just, just decompress. Yeah, like yeah. take it because literally everything is triggering in that class because it just sucks. Yeah. What do we do about that? What do we do about that? <sighs> literally anything. Anything helps, um, whether it's just increasing awareness, whether it's getting involved in some sort of way, whether it's just even talking about it because it mm. sounds so simple, but just having a dialogue of like, hey, this is what this looks like. Yeah. So like that massage parlor that you see could actually be like a front for trafficking or those people may not be doing that by choice. Um, even talking about the differences between terminology we use, like prostitution and sexual exploitation, like things we don't normally think about like that, just baby steps still get to somewhere. Because it's it's what's considered, and I, I talk about this in my classes, it's a wicked problem. There's this really cool kind of theoretical perspective, I think, that came out in the 70s uh -huh. about wicked problems. Uh -huh. And there's like these eight criteria or some criteria with it that okay. make it wicked. Yeah. And one of them is that it's not solvable or it's not easily solvable that there's like terrorism is just always yeah like yeah. it's it will always it's exist always. there's like no hope for there's it basically. Humans, there's gonna be mm -hmm. that yeah and so that's what makes it tricky so even just doing these little small things here or there it's like oh, if enough people maybe do the small things then we can make some sort of forward progress yeah it sucks i know there's like no other way i mean there's there's obviously other ways to talk about it but it's like there's just it just sucks yeah i think awareness is probably really good Cause it, I mean, is it's do people, I mean, we don't have to go into that whole thing, but are, I mean, is it like kidnapping? Like how do they, is it manipulation? Like, so we think that it's kidnapping thanks to Liam Neeson, which I mean, yeah. he's, he's awesome. And there was that movie and whatever taken. Um, but a lot of times it ends up happening. It's probably like the last major media when mm -hmm. it comes to that subject yep. that I can think of. Yep. Um, but you'll typically see it. You, you will see it sometimes that way, but it's less likely to happen that way. Um, a lot of times it happens with established relationships. So you come to me and you convince me that you are God's gift to whatever and you are just this amazing human and you're my boyfriend and now I trust you. Yep. And six oh months down the God. line, you've taken me to another country or you've taken me someplace else or you're prostituting me out, you're pimping me out somewhere and I don't have any documentation because maybe you took that too and you're telling me that you love me and you're giving me a roof over my head and you're giving me food and you're giving me nice things. That's so gross. Yeah, yeah. That's so yep. gross. Yeah. Man, it's like, there should be the worst punishment for those guys. Like. And usually there's barely any punishment because they, they make plea deals because usually they're in the middle. They're like the middleman. So they're either, oh, the, so they they're like, like the pimps and they're like, well, if I give you some other names, then I might only get two days in jail. Or they, for instance, for um, sexual exploitation, they will arrest the John, the person who's who like bought sex, who... Not necessarily, they're not like an innocent bystander because they, they purchased it, yeah. but they're, you know, they're very low down in the chain. And so you're not really getting the people who are up at the top. And there's also a bunch of corruption and mafias lead it and things like that. So it's. But it's here in America, though. That's mm -hmm. what's so like. And you'll still see it with organized crime. I mean, it, it's usually is tied into the drug um, trade and arms trade or arms deals. Yeah. Um, not always. Um, but yeah, you'll see it everywhere for any reason. So we went from breakups. I know, right? We just went to way down trafficking. <laughs> and the end. Just everyone go be. You're doing a lot of fascinating things <laughs> with your depressed. life, just so you know. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I know, but, you're I, doing I, a lot of cool but things. I've never had anybody set up a date. 
Oh, set up my marriage for me. You haven't, but you've had a lot of. I know that's true. Like, like, I'll take those experiences too. That's fine. Yeah. You got anything else? I don't think so. I mean, I could talk literally about anything for anything, but no. You've been a fantastic guest. Super informative. Thanks. I feel so much better about my own breakup now. Now that I've you're normal, it. normal-ish. Yeah, normal-ish. <laughs> normal in quotes, because uh, who knows what normal is? So yeah. Yeah, normal's kind of boring anyway. Exactly. So, anyway, all right. Good having you. Thanks. And uh, Great you, to be oh, here. where can oh. people find you? If, uh, do you do any oh. like research? Do you do any media or anything like that? Or? I mean, for fun. <laughs> yeah. Or do you, you don't know, I'm sure you don't offer any services or anything like that. I no, I don't to... offer any services, but you can take my classes. Um, at UNT? No, yeah. If you're a student at UNT, I am under the HDFS prefix, which is Human Development and Family Science. Um, so basically just look for Leventhal or just ask people because a lot of people are like, yeah, did you take Leventhal's class? I'm like, oh, cool. Um, That's cool. So That's cool. find that. I mean, I am on Instagram, but not in any kind of professional context. And my dog has an Instagram and a lot of people follow that. Stop. But I mean, that's about... Stop it. I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes harder than I will. He has backwards so ring. many followers, though. I more bet. than me. And I'm like, oh, that's self-esteem bump. But, yes. you know, he's really cute. So yeah. <laughs> that's okay. But no, I mean, cool. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>